You know, people mm-hmm. think that that spirituality equals weirdness. Right. Well, it does if you're authentically weird. Right. But, you know, and that's fine. And that's fine. That's fine. The, but if you're trying to be weird to look spiritual, right. that's stupid. That's a spirit of stupid. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Iris Global Green Room. I am here today with more than a friend. I always say with my good friend, but this is more than a good friend. This is someone who I look up to immensely. Um, there are a few people in this world I respect as much as our guest today. And I need you to uh, not skip this one. I need you to enter in, share this, and press play and listen to the whole entire thing. Because I I feel like there's going to be a lot of fun, fun, fun discussions. And you're going to love it. I'm here with my good friend, Larry Randolph. You can bring those right in. I'm here with my good friend, Larry Randolph, and he is uh, a pastor currently, pastor of Paytonsville Church in Paytonsville, Tennessee, but we go way back. Oh, yeah. We go way, way, way back. All the way to Moses, yeah. And and you've been involved in a lot of movements and a lot of things over the years, and you can get into as as much or as little of that as you want. Um, but but I will say this. When I have made my list of who I would like to sit in front of, uh, you are always at the top of that list. So uh, I'm incredibly honored to have you here uh, today. Good to be here, Will. I have looked up to you and your wife yeah. for years, and uh, it is an honor to have you on. Oh, Pastor, so. doctor, theologian, no. Hillbilly. Hillbilly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Larry Randolph, it's good to have you, sir. Thank you. Thank For, you, Will. Oh, thank you. I used to say, well, there's a will, there's always a way. And that's the way I know you. You can call me whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know For those of you who... To say? What's that? You can call me whatever you want, as long as you call me when it's time to eat. Yes. Yes. I got have it. Have you been eating lately? We just had we uh, just some had, Chick-fil-A. We just had Chick-fil-A. Know, by the way, just for those listening, the anointing's on the number five. Number five? Number five. What's the number five? Uh, but number five is when you stop having the number one. So <laughs> then the number seven is heavenly. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, just to kick things off, let's, yeah. let's, let, for, the, for those who have no idea who you are, um, tell us a little bit about your life. Tell us a little bit, just in a nutshell, as much as you want. What? Yeah. Nutshell? Yeah. Life. Yeah. Born in 1950 okay. in Backwoods, Arkansas. Um, abject poverty. Um, my dad was a little pastor at a little church. Jesus name, Holiness Pentecostal Oneness uh, Incorporated something. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I grew up with um, with him uh, at four or five years old doing ministry. Mm-hmm. And so um, radio, little radio programs and um, nursing homes and preaching on the altar bench when I'm four and five, uh, not because it's anointed, because they taught me what to say. <laughs> Got my first little Benny Hinn suit, you know, yep. um, standing on, yeah, a little white <laughs> suit and uh, with a mandolin. And anyway, so uh, that that's my beginnings and a uh, uh, lot, lot of uh, ministry in my family line, you know, and a lot of spiritual ministry, a gifting ministry, prophetic. My dad, extremely, extremely prophetic, yep. so crazy prophetic. I used to say he spanked us before we sinned because he knew. <laughs> it's like we were so afraid of him. But anyway, grew up in that quickly, so I, I decided I'm done with that in my teenage years and started playing nightclubs, you know, and 
which I now realize I was working on my testimony. Yeah. So, so that worked. And, uh, but you anyway, were playing my, guitar, playing guitar, okay. rock music. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, I just asked the Lord if I could have a break and play some music that was really good <laughs> and, <laughs> instead of some of the three chord turnaround craziness we were doing. And, um, so, um, uh, did that for a while, but in my early twenties came back to the Lord and back into ministry. And so that was 1973. And so, uh, here it is. I'm 73 actually, uh, next, um, next, um, month and uh, it's been a lifetime of that different ministry different places and crazy crazy journey like yeah. uh five or uh, eight or ten moves of god through the earth i've been been privileged and honored to be a part yeah. of and, and and get the best and glean the best from all of them and take them into my future and never get hung up in a in a in a expiring season of yeah. revival or whatever and just keep moving on and so uh that's who i am and here i am today and yeah. um I, I still believe what I believe about things that are that are meaningful and they're God, but I have an open mind about uh, things that I don't know anything about and what's mm-hmm. coming and, uh, and the transition that we're in, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So good to be here. Yeah. Uh, 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 a friend of mine who was in the 80s before he passed away, a great man of God, he said, it, my age is good to be anywhere. So, <laughs> so I'm here with you. So, so you have, first of all, thank you for coming. You're welcome. And I, 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 I'm just excited. Um, uh, I'll I'll let it I'll let it out. Most of my messages I steal from you. Yeah, I've been doing that for years. I haven't seen any money yet, but that's good. You probably won't. Yeah, but, okay. But you know, uh, <laughs> no, I really, I really, really. Uh, yeah. Almost every time I I listen to you speak, you say something that hits that hits my heart, and I will nick a corner of that message. Yeah. You actually you spoke on a message on Malachi, yes. and I will turn the hearts of fathers, sons, sons. That's marked marked my life. That one yeah. little message, and it was—it was like a piece of a message. Yeah, uh, it marked my life. Um, uh, yeah, I, I love what you carry. So when you were sharing a little bit about your life, mm-hmm. you basically you start at four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you're on, you're going on sixty nine years of of ministry. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. That there's very few people that can say that. A couple of I was just thinking of the day two of my probably uh, my most influential mentors were born in the 1880s um, and uh, were part of the um, Azusa Street Revival and especially, you know, Brother Williams and Brother Mitchell um, and so impacted my life. And one of them had, was such a man of the word. The other was such a man of the extreme spirit. They was like, whoa. And wow. so I had that, uh, what I call biblical and, and spiritual or operative theology in my life, both the yeah. word and the spirit. And so I, I look back and say, wow, I appreciate, I appreciate those parameters of, yeah. of, of the word of God, you know, mm-hmm. the our biblical theology, the word of God, but also the spiritual expression of that. Uh, without the two, the yeah. word and the spirit, if they don't agree, yeah, you, you're 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 on one side of a dish of a road without seeing the other side. And, yeah, uh, I think as I've often said, it's like a train in a train track. on the tracks. One of my track, favorite yep, messages. Track, track the train track is the logos, the word of God, and the train is the locomotive, and they have to have each other. Without a train, without uh, without the uh, energy of God, the spiritual expression of God, uh, you have no direction in your life. But right. or if you just attract and have a theological grid, then you have no movement in your life. Right. So if you're a track and if you're just the word of God, it's wonderful. But um, but you need that training track. And I really feel like, by the way, interesting, you just said that I was thinking the other day in these times we're in, God mm. is going to marry that theological mind to the power of the spirit and marry the train to the track so that 
although we have a spiritual expression, it's tethered to the Word of God, so we don't go crazy. Because a yeah. lot of stuff that's really spiritual, and a lot of men that's been really gifted have gone off the deep end because there was this check and balance of the Logos, yeah. the Word of God. So the Logos and the Rhema are inseparable. They have the same DNA with different, you know, but they're tied together. So yeah. um, that has been, if anything in my life, that has been my goal, and I've had, uh, is to somehow find the balance between the, the <clears throat> always being, you know, the Word of God first and true to the Word of God, but at the same time, have a spiritual expression for that. And right. so neither just a train track with, that's beautifully theologically built with nowhere to go, no yeah. movement, yeah. or I've been the other in the Pentecostal charismatic room where I was the train and there was no track and mm-hmm. just run over everybody's feet and do crazy stuff and blow a lot of smoke and then yeah. like we, we did, made a lot of noise. We didn't go anywhere. Right. So we need both. Yeah, and I know I went too long with that, but that no. that really is a core value of mine, and I think we're getting back to that. I see that yep. in the younger generation, mm-hmm. and, and God, um, God bringing uh, bringing us to a um, um, to the Word and the Spirit. You know, I, I don't even know how to say it's any simpler than that. You know, do you, do you know that I'm working on my master's right now? What I'm working on my master's. Oh, I didn't know in that in theology. And I'm not. You're going to be harder hard. than everybody. It's very hard. Yeah, it is, but so valuable. Totally. There's people like, I mean, there are many fathers that, that have been preaching the exact same message. Yeah. Right. We need both. Randy tried to do it in my life when I was younger. Yeah. Randy Clark. Yeah. Yes. As I was traveling with him and I was like, I just want to do the stuff. Yeah. Like, why are we spending time Give me on the anointing. this? I don't yeah. need to memorize scripture. Yeah. yeah. And I, there is, there is a resurgence and a, and a revival yeah. in, in I, the hunger for the word. Unlike, yeah. unlike I've seen, yeah. and maybe I think that comes with age and maturity, Yeah, but even the younger generation I'm seeing getting touched, I'm seeing a deep yeah. passion for the word I've and seen. a deep passion for the gifts. I, yeah, I, I call it kind of a Pauline or Apostle Paul DNA. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a brilliant theologian, what an amazing man of the word and the law, but what an amazing man of the spirit. And then he gets out in the spirit room and talks about stuff. You go, whoa, but he, but he always ties and tethers it back to the word of God. And he's my hero. If yeah. ever get, when I get to heaven, after I hug all the pastors and their wives, then I'm going to <laughs> then I'm going to hug Paul. Yeah, uh, and it's like, gosh, what an amazing man! So he modeled that yep. for the two thousand you know, for a church now that's two thousand years old that's still trying to figure out the parameters of the word and the spirit and, right. and the depth of of, of uh, understanding uh, married to a non-understanding expression of spiritual yeah. stuff. I know you've seen stuff. So you go, oh, what man. was that? Crazy. You know, crazy. I've and, seen some crazy. And, and on one side, I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, me too. Because even in the midst of the crazy, yeah. you could see the grace of God Absolutely. moving. Absolutely. And yeah, I look back and go, man, I wouldn't do that again. Yeah, or I wouldn't sure. want that in my church. Yeah. But I also saw people getting set free. Absolutely. And I think I... I my understanding of the grace of God in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the strange, in the midst of, and this goes on both sides, right? His grace moves and covers us. Yes. Let me, let me ask you a quick question. Uh, You you have been around for a long time. I I would, I would say you're, you're one of very few men that I've ever met that carries, um, the gift of the prophetic, uh, and not just the gift. And maybe I, you, I would put you, for lack of a better term, in the office of a prophet, a hundred percent. And you know this; you you have been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have an incredible teaching gift that I would put up with any anybody else. And watching the way that you marry the word 
the prophetic and teaching this. I think this is one of the reasons why I've mm-hmm. loved listening to you for so, so long, but you, you have something that most don't, which is you're fun to be around. Yeah. You're a good guy. Why is it that prophets are just some of the weirdest people? Cause you have been around a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, yeah. the Bob Jones, the Paul Canes, uh, w- were you even around when Branham was, was no, around? No? no, more of those guys and the Kim Clements and the Paul's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's and, so and, many, and, which yeah. I love. Yeah. I, I really have so much respect yeah. for a lot of them. And, yeah. and I, and I understand the tension where some had gone off. Yeah. And, uh, but, but why, why, why is the prophetic so associated with people that can't do this? Just talk. Because, I, because I, I think, I think we've, uh, I, I, John Wimber was, we were spent time together before he passed away. He's based out of the Vineyard Church and spent time in Europe ministering to the Vineyard Churches and kind of introduced them to the prophetic. Anyway, the one of the things I liked about him, I think he liked about me, by the way, he was born in Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, a country boy, very poor, mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as authenticity. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I think um, there's a glaring lack of authenticity uh, that we are cloaked in kind of like spirit, super spiritualism. It's okay. like the guy, you know, so you can't be real. You can't be honest. You can't be transparent. You can't be wrong the whole, whole bit. And I thought, wow, I, I, I love, I love, um, I love to find that medium where, um, um, uh, how do I say this? So uh, Paul, Paul said, you know, Paul said this about spirituality and the gifts of spirit. He began by saying that, you know, uh, that we're to desire spiritual gifts, the charismas, which are divine gratuities of God, we're to desire them. And he said, if you want to desire them, especially prophesy, for he that prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Yep. Well, that's fine, but there, there's a there's a platform for that in the very beginning of that. He says, before he says that, he lays down a parameter, pursue love. Yeah. So love the love of God. The love of God is a foundation for spiritual expression. However, love Real love is transparent. Real love is not fake. Real love doesn't doesn't exalt itself against someone. Real love is the ground floor. You know, I mean, real ministry like you know, like uh, uh, I love this. And and the church was built on the not the headship, mm-hmm. built on the top, but the foundation mm. of the apostles, prophets. So so true spiritual ministry is the ground floor. You should be bearing the burden. You should be transparent. You should be the floor. You should be holding. You should. There's a love of God that consumes you, that compels you uh, to equip and to um, minister and to express in the spirit. So, uh, I, I don't like spooky. That's not God. But mm-hmm. I like. I like. You know. I like stuff that's like whoa. Yeah. But at the same time, it has to be. It has to be tethered to authenticity and realness. And uh, I think a couple of years ago, I was thinking about say this real quickly about um, about diamonds. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things I love about uh, diamonds, you know, the, the way to tell a fake diamond, diamond, it has no blemish. Fake diamonds are manufactured. They yeah. have no blemish. They're perfect. And when I find a perfect ministry, I pretty much stay away from them um, because because uh, real diamonds all have unique blemishes. And we all yeah. have our unique blemishes, but it's not hidden. You see it. Yeah. When you see it. And actually, it's valued by that. And by the way, real diamonds uh, are measured by their weight. Fake diamonds are always not weighty. So there's a weightiness of authenticity. There's a weightiness of bruising and, and formation in, in your life as as us being ministered as diamonds and reflections yeah. of Christ. And uh, I've all my life I said I'd never want to be I never want to be someone else. I never want to be fake. I don't I don't want to be a copy. I'd rather be I'd rather be a bad imitation of me than a perfect copy of you. you yeah. know, because you and I are authentic. We're yeah. all authentic. We have an authentic expression. We as best we know how to be us better qualified we are 
to express the kingdom of God through us in a way that no one else can because right. we have a unique DNA, a unique visitation, a unique expression, a unique gifting. And uh, what more but to your own heart be true and be real. Mm. And so so um, I am a... You know, uh, if I'm a dog, I am not going to be meowing. Because you know, so, so, people want you to meow if you're a okay. dog. So uh, as someone with a voice, right, yes. who's been speaking into the movement, especially mm-hmm. the charismatic Pentecostal spirit-filled movement yes. for years. Yeah. What, why, uh, I think that's starting to get celebrated. I think so. In, in I would say, my generation. It used to be, you know, don't, don't touch the prophet. He's not right. ascended. You know, that right. kind of, or the minute, oh, my gosh, you know, and, and they have no bumps or bruises, and you can't see through them, and unreal, unauthentic, and uh, and you can't can't learn from them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just closed. And I, so I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, but you're I, good. But, but one of the greatest things I think the Lord said to me about ministry, if you're real and authentic and you ha- and you and you can people can see through who you are, then what they get from you more is caught than taught. They mm-hmm. catch what you are. You leak more than you speak. You know. So in other words, you leak. Uh, if if you're transparent enough, you leak Christ. You leak the love of God. Mm-hmm. You never have to teach about the love of God. You leak the love because it's the leaking and the foundation that sets the framework for expressions of the supernatural in people's life. Without Jesus made it clear. Paul made it clear. Without love, you're nothing. You have no. You don't even have a chance in real ministry without the love of God. Right. And so it has been the overarching theme. Of my life is love. And again, it's like when you really fall in love, it's one of the most honest and transparent mm. and real. And you can say anything, and you just go. I mean, it is like it. It is so freeing mm. that you don't have to. You know, you're married. I'm married. After yeah. married, and you love so it's it's so free. It you is. can say what you need to say even when you're wrong. You know, yeah. you don't have to put on a front. And I'm pushing that probably too far. No, but, you, but anyway. you say whatever you want. Anyway, that's why that's why I think John was so uh, adamant to the church at Ephesus mm-hmm. when he said, "You guys are amazing. You're wonderful." And the gift, gosh, the first century church was was growing in signs and wonders and miracles. But he said to that church of Ephesus, "I have one thing against you: you left your first love. Yeah, you walked away from your yep. first love." And so his plea to the first century church, and my and in my opinion, the plea to the the church of today is for somehow to f- find our first love again. So how do we do that? Well, I think we have to we have to return to uh, I think we have to return to a heart of passion, you know, in the sense of uh, a passion for um, not how can I must I don't want to say this wrong. I think we got to be careful. We I think we become so uh, success oriented, ministry oriented, perfect oriented, uh, 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 building building our thing instead of uh, uh, I an awareness, a situational awareness that all this is about the Lord. It's about Jesus. It's all about doing it for him. Mm. And, um, and, um, and if you lose that, if you lose the reason for being, if you lose the reason for why God has touched you and called you, you become, you become an island to yourself mm. in ministry. And you could have the greatest ministry in the world. I've seen some of the greatest gifted people in the world like, whoa, that, but I, I was pretty sure they didn't have a really intimate personal relationship with Jesus, not an indictment against anything, right. but you can have gifting mm. and you can be successful. You can be in this world right now with all that we're doing here. Anybody can be successful. If you get another, if you get enough likes, you yeah. can be successful. Yeah. And, uh, but that, that doesn't success doesn't build character yeah. in that sense. So revival, re- revival isn't about, it's not about the charismata, right? It's nope. not about numbers. No. Nope. Revival is about falling in love Yes. With Jesus. Jesus. And the one that revives us. Yes. Yes. The first love. The first love. Yeah. Yeah. I love the little uh, 
uh, metaphor in Song of Solomon where the shepherd is outside the door of the cottage. Mm-hmm. And and uh, he puts his hand in by the hole of the door, trying to open the door because his uh, bridegroom-to-be in this metaphor written by Solomon, one of a thousand plays. That guy was quite a playwright. But anyway, so yes. uh, but what, I opened the door, and he was saying, Open to me, my love, my, my undefiled, my head is filled with doom, uh, and, and the locks, my locks were the drops of night. And she said, I can't. I wash my feet. How can I wash them again? I can't get up. And to me, that's just a beautiful picture of how gracious the Lord is to try to reach us. We become comfortable in our comfortability when the Lord is trying to reach to our heart, open to me. You know, what does Revelation say? Uh, the door, you know, he's knocking on the door saying, open to me. And uh, I think that's what he's saying to this generation. You know, we become comfortable in our success. We've been comfortable in a lot of things, which is fine. Nothing wrong yeah. with it. It was age appropriate. It was time yeah. appropriate. But I hear the knock on the door night of the Lord saying, it's all about relationship. It's all about your embrace. It's all about talking with you, spending time with you. And um, she couldn't do it. She mm. couldn't make that transition. Mm. And she says, and then my beloved withdrew himself and my heart failed me. And I said, have you seen, if you've seen him, tell him I'm sick of any other love than his. So I think there's a return to first love. That. Yeah, first love. And by the way, if you have first love, you'll never have to strive for gifts of the Spirit because character, first love, always produces gifts of the Spirit. Because, listen, when you love someone, I mean, there's a supernatural expression that comes out of you. Uh, uh, Gifts of the Spirit should be secondary to the foundation of the love of God, and they should flow out of the love of God. And uh, it's the easiest path. Then you don't have to make it happen. Right. You do something just because you love someone, don't realize that a a supernatural charisma slipped out of you. Right, right, right. Because it's not about that. Yeah. And Jesus, didn't he do that? He, I just think, of course he did. He did that with Lazarus. <laughs> when he, when he's Lazarus, it was, he didn't go to work a miracle or to enhance his ministry. The whole bit he says, and when he saw Mary and Martha crying, he wept. Mm. And it was his compassion, that compassion of heart that raised a man from the dead. I thought, wow, wow. That's, that's what I want. Yeah, that's that's what I um, I strive for is to, because um, love never fails, Paul said. Love yeah. always completes the course. Love always heals. Love always, you know, um, forgives. Love, love is uh, the love of God is unmeasurably yeah. the greatest spiritual expression you can have. If you have that, you never have to worry about being an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, against the word of knowledge. But it, it's all accessible, and you won't even know when it happens because mm. you leak it. Sociopaths, yes. by definition, do not have emotion. They lack emotion. Really? Right? Or yeah, they lack the, the triggers, yeah. right, that most people would have in a right. situation where they would have an emotional response. Right. I have a theory. Yeah. I think we've taught a lot of the church to mildly yeah. be socio- sociopathic with our fear. Because what, what I hear you saying is vulnerability, right? Vulnerability, vulnerability, definitely vulnerability means that you need to be in tune with what's going on in your yeah. heart. Yeah. Love and relationship yep. and passion that ha- that has to come out of a maturity yeah. of of healthy yeah. uh, emotions. Yeah. Uh, so so this is this is a this is a hard thing for a lot of people, right? Yep. I'm not supposed to have fear. I'm not supposed to, you know, right. right? But but what I hear you saying is is there has to be what I think I hear you saying. Yeah. Better better put is an awareness of yourself. And not awareness of the greatness of yourself, but awareness of the greatness of God in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think I love Paul's explanation for we have this treasure 
in an earthen vessel. We're broken earthen vessels, and it's not about the vessel, how broken it is. Actually, when you have a treasure, the treasure easily flows out of broken vessels. Mm-hmm. Not that we're to sin, you know, I don't mean that, but we're, we, when you put it all together, we live yeah. our life, we're still broken. Yeah. We're just broken people redeemed by God, and to, and to try to be anything more than that is kind of a farce. It's like um, doesn't it doesn't really work, you know. So um, I loved. I think I loved John Wimber's take on on the super. He always said uh, he, he loved the super. You know, uh, naturally supernatural mm. being, and I love that. Like that's what you do. You don't you don't be spooky and weird. You know, people mm-hmm. think that that spirituality equals weirdness. Right. Well, it does if you're authentically weird. Right. You know, and that's fine. And that's fine. That's fine. The, but if you're trying to be weird to look spiritual, right. that's stupid. That's a spirit of stupid. I love you know, that. Yeah. I love what you just said because yeah. uh, there are so many. Um, oh, gosh. What was her name? Um, prophetic woman. She's passed. Uh, Jill Austin. Jill. I know Jill. You get around Jill, right? And I was like, man, this woman is crazy yeah. in the best way like crazy yeah. like she yeah. non-stop her whole like what you saw on the pulpit was was very similar to the way she was in person yeah i walked up to her once and she goes hey have you named your baby yet it was when my wife was pregnant and i was like uh, no we haven't she goes you need to name him a lion heart lion yeah because your last name's heart lion heart and then she's like and then this is just a conversation at a at a baggage claim right like she she wasn't being prophetic. She was just she was just that expressive, that yeah. over the top with everything. So she was every day. I knew her. Yes, she's like way all the time. Yes, yeah. Whether in the grocery store or in the pulpit or. So the danger is, and I see this with people that try to copy Heidi. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it goes back to the diamond thing, right? Yep. We can't be a copy, but you yep. need to be authentic. Yep. Jill was is authentic. Heidi is is Heidi. Yeah. She, yeah. That's the way the way you see her on the pulpit is the way sure. she is off the pulpit. Yeah. Even more so off the pulpit at times. Yeah. Uh, so what's the fear? Because I, I find that there's a lot of people that struggle with this fear of being authentic. And and I think there's also a danger in be, in saying be authentic. I think that allows for a lot yeah. of sin and a lot allows for a lot of greasy grace. Yeah. I, I you know. So how do we navigate this? If I, if I, well, one I'm trying to put a bunch of words in just a few things here, but yeah. but but David's uh, the psalm says that when I was in my mother's womb, you formed me, and intricately you formed me, and and so there was there was a there was never a you ever ever till God formed you in your mother's womb. Nobody like you. He's a genius. He's he's an artist, and true artists never duplicate their art. Mm. So he doesn't duplicate art. Every person has it's a specific painting, a mosaic of the heart of God way before the universe was formed, because Paul put it this way, for those whom he foreknew, he did predestine. And the word predestined in the Greek, they tell me, um, is to, um, he did predestined to be conformed into the image, you know, of God. It's the word horizo. Horizo is where we get the English word horizon. So those whom he foreknew, in other words, we were dreaming God's heart. An individual, one of a kind, nobody else could ever be what yeah. God were called to be. A dream in God's heart, billions of years ago, he dreamed about me and you at our birth. We're authentic, we're real, we have a DNA from him that, uh, for, uh, and a ministry from him and an expression from him that no one else could ever own or, or do. Uh, but he, but he, but he, he set the horizon, there is horizon, there is horizing, an event horizon we have to walk toward mm-hmm. after we're born to find our authenticity and who we are. And so if it's different than everybody else, you've made it. 
Mm. You know, because the world doesn't need your sameness. The world needs your difference. Yep. You know, what jo- Joseph uh, was the difference that Pharaoh needed. He didn't need anything but that difference. So the world is not crying, are, are begging, are wanting to see another person like the other person. Right. The world is dying for the difference that you make and I make. And that difference, nobody, nobody in the world can ever copy that difference right. ever. And so... The brilliance of God, the brilliance of the painter that he is, the, the the artist that he is, the creator that he is, is that his 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 amazing capacity to create billions of people, none of them are alike. And we defy the work of the creator when we are not what we're made to be. Say that again. We, try to, we defy again. the work of a genius who made us different than everybody else when we want to be something else. That means we are not honoring the work of Christ and the work of God uh, in our life. So my commitment in life is to be all, not that God has made me to be, whatever that means. In other words, I don't want to be you. I love who you are, love Mm. what you got, but I want to be me, you know, Mm. because that's only, only in me being me and you being you, will you define a difference in the world. The world is crying out for something that only you have. And only I have, and only someone else has. I, they're not crying out for uh, uh, sameness and everybody. They're crying for something that God has deposited that they cannot ever touch unless they touch you and what God has. And so if you're not linked to that uniqueness and expression of who God made you, and then you rob the world of the difference that God can make in their life because he, in a sense, or his DNA, in a sense, is an expression, a unique expression of his heart to people. Right that you come in contact with in this world. So um, I don't know how to say it, but I, I hate sameness. I don't like sameness. Yeah. I, I don't like repetition in the sense of calling it spirituality and sameness and, and et cetera. Uh, I, like, I like genuine auth- authenticity. Uh, I, I like to be around people who leak. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, you just, it's, it's not about what they say. It's about the presence that carries, about the way. And again, diamonds, we measure in this world, we measure ministry, God weighs them. We measure people, yeah. God weighs them. True diamonds are not are weighed. It, yeah. They're determined, their weight determines their value. And their blemishes determine, mm-hmm. their uniqueness determines their value. So I'm over, over talking this, but you stepped on one of my... You over talk you st- it. You know, Larry, we, I have no you, agenda. You stepped on one of my things. Go for like, it. So, no, so like, talk about it. And, uh, God no, weighs. I, 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 just, um, I, I just think we live in a world of a lot of copycat stuff okay. and insecurities in people's lives that 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 think um, that that don't understand um, the uniqueness of the vessel that they are or what they're created to be and so it seems like the easiest path is to copy someone else mm-hmm. you know I'm not throwing a rock at that I understand that uh, that and and for a time yeah for I'm, a time God yeah. will allow that you know oh I, I, I copied Randy for years oh, I copied yeah, Bob heck Me. I copied some yeah. of your sermons yeah and, and and I've received anointings from right. people like DNA that I walked in it's like that's not my anointing I, I got around them they leaked on me and something went inside me mm-hmm. but but still that doesn't negate the fact that I have a journey to find who I am and express who I am or and who you are or the world will never see that side of God that only wow. you carry they'll never see it and uh, that's sad that's sad because we do need diversity in, in that context. Because gosh, he's so big, he's so diverse. He's you know, it's amazing. Who are some of your heroes of the faith? A lot of them would be uh, uh, people you want want to know, you know, because uh, they're way back there. Some, a couple of my mentors I talked about. Uh, that one of them died at a hundred, another at seventy eight, and and I was 
not even 30 when my first mentor died at 100 years old. Um, so um, heroes of faith, that. Um, my dad, and some, although he was very Pentecostal, um, limited, non-educated, um, couldn't even read, you know, he, he couldn't even read anything but the red letters in the Bible. That's mm. all he could read. But he had this prophetic, authentic gift. And uh, and he never, ever read the red, red letters of Jesus. That's yeah. all you read without crying. His love for Jesus, his heart for Jesus. He had the most amazing healing gift. We didn't go to the doctor, didn't knew to. Dad would heal us. We did a prophetic word, a prophetic spanking. He'd give it to us before we sinned. You know, it was just, it just was amazing. So uh, that, my mother was a great hero of mine as well. And um, and uh, and through the years, I, I, I'm hesitant to say because I'll leave someone out. I've been around so many ministries, oh, okay. and so many of them are amazing, you know, yeah. amazing, amazing. Um who do I miss the most? Yeah. Probably Bob Jones. Oof. I miss him the most. Yeah. He was the most. You're talking about authentic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're talking about getting what? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. He was authentically himself. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And he, his, word, his, his, his little rhyme you say is, my daddy loves me just like I am, broken and stupid <laughs> and everything. And I go, okay, Bob. <laughs> and you spent a lot of time with Bob. A lot. Yeah. More than most. Yeah. What's what do you think the greatest misconception is or misunderstanding about Bob Jones that people just miss when you when you hear people talk when you hear people preach or mention him what do you think what do you think is the thing that people don't get they're just they see the prophetic yeah. what 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 are the, what's the piece that they miss about Bob Jones I, in my opinion yeah 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 no much, yeah no. in my opinion no, okay no, I'm just <laughs> very much what I think I think his love for people yeah and his capacity to spin any problem are hurting your life to good. He had a capacity, a redeeming capacity. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, no matter what distress you are, he'll go, oh boy, that's not, you know what the Lord's, and he will always have a positive to every negative in your life. Wow. And, and I love that. So there was, he, he operated in the realm of, of hope for everyone. Wow. And as I've said it a number of times lately, before he died in 2015, he called me a few days before he died to tell me that. He called me to tell me that um, two things. A couple of things. One is uh, one that I was going to have to fight to stay alive, and I went through some terrible hit yeah. health issues after yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. And he was right. But secondly, he said this to me. But he's going to said uh, two things you need to do is fight to stay alive and never ever stop loving people, because if you do, you're done. You know, I was like, wow. And and another thing he said to me, by the way, before it, right, the phone call before that was uh, when I went to see him. Uh, at one point, he poked me in the chest. And he said, you think God's a bad banker, don't you? Oh, okay, here goes Bob with another crazy something yeah. he's going to say. And we had that, that nobody could put the pieces together like him. And I go, right. what's he talking about? He said, you think God's a bad banker, don't you? He said, you think that God's forsaken. You think that your ministry, that you think that you're di- discouraged. You're, you're not getting it. He said, let me get this right. He said, God's busy. He's got a lot going on. He spent all his lifetime investing in your life and messing around with you. And at the last minute, you think yeah. he's not going to get yeah. his money's worth out of you. Yeah. You think he's a bad banker and investor. He's invested in what he's invested in. He's going to get it out. And the withdrawal card is the love of God. I went, I got it. Mm. <laughs> I got it. And so we really have nothing to um, complain about if God's invested in our life because he's not a bad investor. And and he's gonna he's gonna get what he's invested in us as long as we can stay alive and keep loving people. That was just a part. That's basically who Bob was. Yeah, hillbilly from from northern Arkansas, by yeah. the way. One of my favorite. I mean, I have so many favorite Bob Jones stories. Yeah. 
one one of the ones that I found myself thinking of a couple of weeks ago was uh, Heidi was preaching about fishing. Um, put down your fishing rod and pick up a net yeah. with a bunch of other people. Yeah. And I thought it was just a beautiful illustration of we need to, you know, there is this yes. beautiful thing of unity that has to happen in this time. Yeah. We've been fishing with our own, with our own yeah. poles, but uh, I've heard Bill Johnson share. I think he went on like a 40 day fast. He was waiting for a word. Bob calls yeah. day 40. Hey, you've been waiting for a word. Haven't you? Yeah. And he's like, yes, I have. He goes, you, God wants you to know that you have a net and it's round. It ain't square. <laughs> and then he hangs up the phone. Yeah. And Bill's like, I don't know what it means, I know, I but know. I have a round net and it's not square. He he would give a lot of those words yeah. to a lot of people. I've gotten a couple from Bob over the years yeah. like that. What why do why don't you think he would go into like the details? Just one time for that. And five years later you go, Oh, that's what that meant. Right. Because he has done that with me as well. And I, I didn't get it till five years later, but you know, or ten. And, but by the way, which I said earlier, that he definitely had a strong prophetic gift. I think we failed to realize that prophetic anointing and the prophetic gift uh, that we get prophetic words. They had the prophetic is always early to the scene of its fulfillment, and that's where, in other words, it wouldn't be prophetic if it wasn't beforehand. Right. So we've tried to put the prophetic in a right now box. Mm. And that doesn't work. So there's stuff prophetically that God's told, you know, that I, you know, me and other pro- it's like, shoot, our stuff I've said, and I thought, boy, I missed that. And I realized right. 20 years later, I was seeing something 20 years yeah. down the road. So, yeah. so he was always early to the prophetic. Uh, his prophetic was always early to the scene of your fruitfulness. And yeah. so he could see the fruitfulness, you know, there's stuff right now that's happening in my life that prophetic people, when I was a young man, saw in my life or things that God has said to me. And I realized just now, oh my gosh. That was way early. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was way early. You know, I came to Nashville some years ago, and I'm pretty sure the Lord finally told me, you were way early, but that's that's what that's what we do as prophetic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, you came here years ago. Years, yeah. And we would talk and be like, I don't know what I'm doing out here. I'm in Paytonsville. I yeah. have this church. Pastor, I have yeah. no idea what I'm doing out here, yeah. but I know I'm supposed to be yeah. here. Yeah. And then the yeah. flood. Yeah, I know. Of, of people, right? Yeah. And Nashville. You, you've yeah. always been ahead of your time. Yeah. It's, yeah, that prophetic will take you early to the scene of your destiny. Yeah, it will always be there, and, and it'll ta- and sometimes you have to live through the, what am I doing here? What's going on? I feel like the Lord's abandoned me. What's happening here? Well, oh, yeah. you just that's your prophetic gift, uh, you know, uh, putting you in front of uh, of your destiny. You're you just you know years ahead. Yeah, you know what what's coming down. So Bob knew that. I know some things that's like, whoa, I'm not going to say those things. Because they're so far down the road, they're out of context. Mm-hmm. Think about Prophet Isaiah. Can you imagine? This is fun. I thought, you imagine about being his wife and your husband get up and saying, a virgin shall conceive. I mean, that's really not a good word, especially when you die and it still hadn't happened. And a hundred years later, it still hadn't happened. And his grandkids still had I me. Mean, it was like hundreds of years before Isaiah's. He used to come out wow. early to the scene of your prophetic words wow. than a virgin conceived hundreds of years later. So, Prophetic's a tricky thing because there's no time involved. There's it no is. time zones. Well, How do we get here? We were doing something no, else. But anyway, that's a lot of the prophetic's measured on. I, I think, let me just, my limited perspective is yeah. a lot of what's celebrated, I'll put it this way. A lot of what's celebrated in the prophetic is the accuracy of the now, the word of knowledge. Okay. And the, Don't get me I know this that. about you. I know yeah. that about you. I know what's going to happen in a week. Yeah. I know what's going to happen in a month. But Bob, yourself, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of prophets that yeah. have gone to be with the Lord yeah. that 
they, they, they would do that. And I've seen you do that. I've seen you turn around and call out people's middle names mm-hmm. in, in, in events multiple times. Mm-hmm. Where, so you can function in that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what I really appreciate about you is the message, the messages that you bring are prophetic in nature, right? There's, there isn't anyone better that can share. How do I put this? That can share the timing of the church, I think, better than 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 you, in my opinion, prophetically. Uh, every time I heard you at Voice, Voice of the Apostles or Voice of the, Voice of the Prophets, you always came and you brought a word about where the church was at. Mm-hmm. And it for me, it brought peace. Mm-hmm. But and you would move in the word of knowledge and you'd move in in your prophetic gifting. But I think there was an overarching message that wasn't just mm-hmm. self-centered. As like, oh, it's just this one person. It was the whole entire body. You love the body really well with your prophetic gift. Yeah. Uh, why? Why has there been such a shift from there's a couple of things? I, yeah. This is my opinion about. I, I think we've misunderstood the word of knowledge, and I think we've capitalized and monetized the word of knowledge. And I think we built great ministry in the word of knowledge. I think that's wonderful, but that's like a doctor that only diagnoses you, but never gives you a prescription or a medication or helps you. Like I knew I was sick. Thank you. You know, <laughs> uh, and, and it's like, whoa, that guy saw that on me. You mm. know, but so, so I really had to struggle in my life to um, not just uh, do the word of knowledge thing. Cause the word of knowledge is, is diagnostic. It's like, it's a, like, like a doctor diagnosing you. Right. Okay. You have, you know, we see your name is Brenda and you drive a Mercedes and you have a right. left leg that's broken. Well, well, they knew that. Yes. You're the only one that didn't know that. Right. So all you're doing is establishing credibility, in my opinion, to move from a word of knowledge, which is an identification, to a prophetic, which is calling things that are not as though they are, and framing destinies in people's life. If you use, in my opinion, the word of knowledge alone and only do the word of knowledge, no matter how great it is, no matter how much from God, you are really running at the edge of fortune telling in the sense if you're not careful. Ooh, if you're wait, not okay, careful. hold on. Let's talk yeah. about this. But Because you're not, you're just diagnosing, you, you're just telling some, somebody something they already knew that you didn't know, so it doesn't help them, it just makes you look good unless you can prescribe a prescription, unless you can say, okay, your name is, and by the way, God loves you. And by the way, you know, this is, you know, uh, this is, um, uh, you know, going to happen in your life and et cetera. Give them words that give them hope and encouragement and prophesy into their future, mm. not just identify their present. Mm. So, so to me, I never uncouple the word of knowledge from the gift of prophecy. Word of knowledge is an introduction to the, but we have prized, celebrating the word yeah. of knowledge and is and above pretty much every other gift because it's breathtaking like yeah. wow that guy knew your address yeah. well so did they yeah you know and um and uh you know and i've seen seen that a lot uh, and i think god's working on that i don't know how we got off onto that i think it makes for a better that. sound bite yeah it makes that right? and and there's nothing and it is a gift from god and it's so wonderful and it's great and it it's establishes wonderful authenticity or authority right yeah so like i get why yeah. people grab that oh, absolutely because they're hearing from god but i i totally agree there's yeah. been many many people that f- can flow in the gift of oh, knowledge yeah but but and then when you hear them actually prophesy it's yeah. very it like falls flat yeah that's true no i know that and do you um, want to talk about that no i'm just that, kidding yes, yeah. <laughs> uh i i uh yeah, but it, but it does take it doesn't take the love of God to come up with the word of knowledge, but it takes the love of God to speak in someone's life about the kindness and goodness of God in their life in the form of prophetic. After you identify their problem, who they are, 
And, uh, and that's so I strive for that. Yeah, in other words, I don't never look for word of knowledge. I don't mm-hmm. go for it. If it comes to me, I got it. Yeah. And I never look for it. I don't even try. I don't even go there. But, but I definitely lean into the gift of prophecy in someone's Hold life. Hold on. Time out. Time out, Larry. You said you never look for the word of knowledge. Ever. Okay. Never. Just help, help me. It help comes, me with this. It, it's in the moment. You know, some people have, vi- there's different kinds of right. word of knowledge. They see a vision, as I said, Paul, Paul Kane used to see, you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, a ticker tape of things. Mm-hmm. There's people, you know, I, Mine's never. Mine's just an intuitive sense, mm-hmm. and it never happens. Usually, it's just it's in the moment. It's in the moment because the reason I know I get a word of knowledge if I seeing someone is I sense the love of God for them in my heart, mm-hmm. have access to information because God can trust me mm-hmm. to say you know to, to identify who they are with the intent to go 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 beyond that and prescribe the prescription of wow, that happened to you, and this is who you are, but God loves you, and he's going to change mm-hmm. this, and his healing, you know, and to speak hope into that. So word of knowledge should not be a standalone gift. And prophecy is a great gift, but a word of knowledge really helps 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 identify that on a personal level. Yeah, and increases faith. And increases faith. I love I yeah. love that if, about the word of if knowledge. If I get a word of knowledge and I don't have a prescription, I, then I don't give the word of knowledge. Because it, because it, it, you get a lot of wows, mm-hmm. whoa, and people go, man, he knew that. But the only person it serves, unless you have the other part, is you. Mm. And people think, and and it puts you on a pedestal so far above, like wow, this guy knew stuff that I already knew. Like, right. okay, <laughs> right. he knew stuff I already knew, and 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 this this value has very very valuable. You, you made a statement about the new age in there. Yeah, about right? what? The word of knowledge in the new age, or was it new age or uh, what'd you say? Witchcraft or I forget what it was. Yeah, which, what was it? Witchcraft, uh, a fortune teller. Fortune teller. Yep. Yeah. Thank yep. you. Uh, uh, there's a fine line between the two. I learned that from my old friend, Kim Clement, who's passed talk, away. Can you talk to me about that really quick? Yeah. What's the fine line? You know, uh, uh, I say fine line. Uh, um, he, had, he had a profound uh, word of knowledge. Oh yeah. Oh man. Kim and, Clement. Oh, but incredible. We, we were in the early nineties. I met him and he was, you know, and, um, Southern Cal, and we were doing conferences together there. And I remember one night we set up in a hotel room and talked all night about the word of knowledge. And uh, something said to me really struck me in the sense of uh, he come from South Africa. Mm-hmm. And he said, Larry, you know, uh, we talked about, we were talking about what we're talking about now. And because um, uh, he said, I have been into the bush in South Africa to witch doctors. Yeah. And I've had them tell me my grandmother's name and my grandfather's name and where I lived. He said, so, you know, they had knowledge that I didn't have access to. And I was wowed by that till I found out they were wish doctors. Right. And they weren't at all had any intent to help me or to hurt. And there was no prophetic that follows. It was just an identification. Right. And so we have to really be careful of that. Of, of, uh, so so here, here's my, so to being careful of that, my conclusion is the way that not to happen is the love of God. Yeah. Is the love of God. Because the love of God will never say something about somebody without a follow-up of how to help and hope. Right. And push them into their destiny. And um, so um, you you gave me a word once years ago. I don't know if you remember this. It was the, I think it was the first time I ever saw you. I think it was the first time I ever saw you. And we didn't know each other okay. at this point. We I just moved out to uh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. just came off the missions field. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know what was going to happen next. I'm living in uh, what's her name's garage. Uh, Rick, Rich. Rich's garage. Rich Gersh. Richard Gersh and Holly's garage. Yeah. Uh, which, they would work for me. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. they uh, converted it to a little house. Yeah. So it was nice. But living in their garage and uh, 
man, I didn't know what was going to happen next in my life. And we heard you were speaking in North Carolina, someplace, you know, far away. So Moosey and I, we drove, I think we had our two little babies with us at the time, mm-hmm. drove out to this church um, and we're sitting there in the back and you were getting up to go and preach and you spun around and pointed at me and gave me a word. And the word was, I see you as a father. I remember this like clear as day. I see you as a father. You're going to, you said this, you will be known as a father. And at that time, I just had two kids. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be known as father. And you're like, but it's not about your kids. Uh, you'll be known as a father. And, he, and you said, I see all these locations all around the world. Ah, I don't remember that. Good. And like currently, yeah, it's what I'm doing. Yes. And it was such an encouragement in this time of leaving the field. I was leaving missions at the time yeah. to come and build my ministry. Yeah. which ended up just that whole year in right. Moravian Falls was death for me. Yeah. But you gave me that word before I entered that death season. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree yeah. with not just the, you know, not just the word of knowledge, but, yeah. but hope in the mid, in the midst of it, which it is love. And uh, I, I, I have it written down somewhere. I'd have to go. That probably saying thing to you about your love for Chick Fil A. I think. Yeah, yeah I thought so. I, I introduced you prophetically <laughs> uh, to the frozen lemonade. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh God, that was that's manna. Yeah, that's, it yeah, was a word of knowledge. It was, and, and I did it out of love. By the way, I never miss an opportunity to have fun because <laughs> I, the Lord said clear to me as a young man: if you ever stop having fun in this journey, you'll never win. You can't yeah, if you ever stop having fun, mm-hmm. you know, and um, at least find an opportunity to laugh. Yeah, yeah, at yourself if you need to all yeah. the time. Or, you know, or think you're, you know, heaven does not hurt if you think you're stand up comedian and you're not, but <laughs> just the people around you. <laughs> we gotta have fun. <laughs> gotta have fun. Anyway. The church doesn't like having fun. They yeah. get offended at fun. But we're. I was just thinking. Um, this just just popped up. I hadn't thought of this in twenty years. Just mm-hmm. one example. A word of knowledge. And how a word of knowledge paired with the love of God and helping people's life that follow through the prophetic can change dominates in people's life. I'm in uh, Minnesota somewhere. I don't remember where. Doing a conference. Assembly of God Church, late 80s, early 90s. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to speak the night session as I wake right up out of sleep. Now, usually things are in the moment for me. I get in the room. I know it's, you know, I can always do it. I just don't anymore because I'm pastoring in that that has a way of, you know, when you know everybody, you know, you know, it's that, that, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. All I know is, I'm, oh, you're new. You're going to be leaving one day. Okay. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> pretty soon, probably. But <laughs> so, uh, no, but anyway, so I, I'm uh, never been in this and they had never been around the prophetic stuff. They want me to, you know, come and speak. But anyway, so I wasn't thinking about the prophetic at all. I wasn't thinking about, I was going to do something different. And as I wake up out of sleep, I, the Lord uh, gives me the name of a woman and her three children. And that they would be on the back row. Now, I, now again, I don't have vision. See, it's everything about my fix intuitive. I just, in other words, I, I know something I shouldn't have known a second before. All of a sudden, I know it. That's the way it works for me. Yeah, yeah. And and usually, if I see someone I love them, then it really works good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, then I won't, then I know. But anyway, I never. I don't know. I never even been to the church. Never been to the city. And so I saw this woman and her um, three uh, children. And I knew their names, and I knew they would be on the right side on the back of the row. There's thousands of people in that church. Get there that night, I get the prophetic, and of course, you know, I knew. So 
if you do it long enough, you're not afraid because the worst thing can happen is you miss it. Right. Then oh, you're yeah. human. Yeah. So it's like, good. So you know what? By the way, uh, uh, a, a miss should be followed by an absolute embrace of, <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> you know, don't try to cover it. You know, like, okay. I, I just make fun of myself. Huh? I just make fun of myself whenever I, I miss it. I well, go, y'all are in sin. Or something. That, that, that's no, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not me. It's 100 all of oh, you yeah. guys. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I had too much coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, but so I get there. I look to the back, and um, and I, and I, I don't even see that. I just know there the lights are down. You see, and I mm-hmm. pointed to them. Come up. I said, "You're." You, I gave the name of the woman and her three children, and she comes running. This lady comes running, and she has three little toddlers behind her. And, and she's weeping. And the oldest one is just weeping. And I thought, wow, what is this? And they come up to the front. This is where sometimes we're the knowledge. You don't have to have a gift of prophetic. So it comes up front, and they're weeping, and they're crying. And I can't say anything to them. It's to her. She's just weeping. And, uh, and I said, uh, uh, so finally, I just said, tell me, what's going on? I was all, you know, the Lord told me who you were and who your kids were. What does that mean? She said, Our, my husband left me two or three years ago. We've been in um, abject poverty. We've been, you know, my kids have been sick and a whole bit, and I haven't been to church in a year. And uh, she said, I'm, I'm alone and lost this world. I've been sick. And, you know, she went through this whole thing. And she said, today I heard about this conference, and I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to go, and if you know who I am and my kids yeah. are, would you let me know if not? I'm not only going to never go to church, I'm going to take my life. And she was weeping. Mm. And I'm left, it's like, oh my God, that was worth everything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like that, that is one of those moments when you go, wow, yeah. where the word of knowledge doesn't have to be connected to, you know, you giving them prophetic word, right. just the fact that act. So that, so I just want to say that to say there are times when just the standalone word of knowledge is fine. If the other end is reciprocating like she was and, and um, that word of knowledge not that me from God, yeah. that love for, uh, saved her life. Wow, she would have been dead, and her cool. kids would have been fatherless. Yeah, and I and I've seen that happen a lot. And I, yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Well, listen, um, let's take a break. I'm ready. Yeah, and then we'll get back into it because there's a couple yeah. other questions that I want to. Good, because you just messed me up with a bunch of coffee. So you know, so I got to go pray. You go pray. Yeah, you get a word of knowledge for me. Oh. I can do that. You've been drinking Starbucks. No, you, no, oh, you're drinking. You're no. wrong. False. Oh, I, I'm just kidding. No. Well, in yeah. the original Hebrew, it's Starbucks. <laughs> That's Listen, the way you get out of that stuff. You know? I love it. Let's take a break and let's yes. come on back. If you have, do we still have a little bit more time with you? Uh, I got the rest of my life. Let's go. Okay. We're going to take a break. Okay. We just came back from a quick break. Uh, I finished my coffee. I have some more coffee coming for myself. Do you, oh. want, do you want anything else? I'm good. You're good. Um, Listen, I'm going to take this moment before we get back into this. I know that this has blessed you. If it hasn't, you're you're dead inside, just so you know. No judgment. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but do me a favor. Uh, it really, really helps us. Number one, uh, like hit the like button. Please subscribe uh, to our channel. Uh, if you can, just hit the button below. Hit the like. Hit the little bell to get notifications when we put out new stuff. We try to put out new stuff every two weeks and sometimes some stuff in between. Plus, we have other stuff up on our uh, on our YouTube channel, amazing videos from around the world, the missions work. Do that for me really quick. And if you could, please just leave a comment. It helps with the algorithm and it helps us get more people watching, uh, not just this podcast, but everything that we're doing globally. Do me a favor. And if you don't do it, Larry is going to give you a bad prophetic word. Mm, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. 
Oh, I can do that. <laughs> Won't be from God, but I can do it. No, so uh, awesome. Well, Larry, uh, I I, I want I don't want to take advantage of too much advantage of your time, but I really really enjoy right. this. Good. I'm good. Uh, while we're on camera, will you come back and do this with me again? Yeah. Yes. You if would. You, well, you bought Chick Fil A. If you do that, somebody bought it. I, I will know. buy you a week's worth of Chick Fil A if you would come back here sometime. Number seven. Number seven. Got to be a number seven. I'll That's get you a number a, perfection seven. You know, a one, a five, and a seven. I'll uh, get you whatever you want. Gee. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just absolutely love this. Thank you, Dylan. Here you use. Um. Just for the sake of time, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to yeah. uh, use and abuse too much of your time, but can I be selfish? Mm-hmm. What, what is, what is the Lord speaking to you right now? What is, what is, yeah. What's the okay. Lord speaking? Okay. Could, could in I, this season? could I sandwich in something to close the last of course. section? Of course. That I thought was in, that, yeah. to my heart's important. Please. Uh, because people are listening to this, and I, I, you know, the people listening to this may be new to some of the prophetic word yep. knowledge stuff, yep. and the prophetic flow of, uh, or they may have been involved in other stuff that's that's right. knowing stuff that's not quite God, you know. Yeah. And I just want to clarify a couple things about Please. that. I, I, I think, uh, I think I know that Paul he said this uh, inclusive thing about I would that you all might prophesy. Moses said that uh, to, to you know uh, about uh, our God said that about to Moses about the people of God mm-hmm. you know who prophesied and they were complaining somebody's prophesying and would to God that all God's people you know yeah. prophesy and uh, so um, I think that uh, the Scripture says we are to pursue spiritual gifts and prophecy is one of them word of knowledge is one of them but um, but that again is an afterglow of Jesus being moved with compassion, then moved in spiritual gifts. So, yeah. so we know that we've already set that platform. But I just want to say this: that we all can we all can prophesy. But I think there may be a confusion uh, in the world today about the difference between uh, the gift of prophecy and office of the prophet. Yeah, and I just like to speak in that just Please. very shortly. Uh, and uh, one of them is not higher than the other in a sense, but they're different functions. And uh, so I think some of the confusion I'm hearing today is people that prophesy think, oh, I'm a prophet now. And so it's like, you know, and um, pretty soon people that do that get into P-R-O-F-I-T too. So it's like, you got to stay away from that. I'm the big man. I'm the prophet. Uh, But because every person that's that's of Christ, because the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Mm -hmm. If you have his testimony, you have the spirit of prophecy. You should know stuff. And uh, so... We all should prophesy based on the love of God, you know, in our hearts and the pursuit of spiritual gifts, especially. And here's Paul said this. I would that you, he said, especially prophecy. Yeah. He said, seek spiritual gifts. Why especially? For he that prophesies speaks to man for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So there's that love piece again. There's that, yeah. you know, uh, building up the saints of God. Okay. So that's good. So we all can do that. That's that's wonderful. And the word there, um, pursue spiritual gifts, of course, as you know, is the Greek word charisma. Mm-hmm. Uh, charisma is of God, which is really a divine, in English, you could say a divine gratuity or a tip. Yeah. In other words, it's something free. You don't earn it. Yeah. It's not about character. It's yeah. not about that. It's not about earning it. It's just that if you pursue love and you follow after love, then you pursue spiritual uh, gifts, uh, um, spiritual gifts. Uh, those that gift is charisma. It's it's, yeah. it's it's you know it's nice if your character would match your charisma gifting. That'd mm-hmm. be good. You know, equal character, equal gifting. Uh, but 
really it's not a hard, fast law. I mean, young people can prophesy, yep. you know, for, for that. Okay, that's that. That is the word charisma. The same words in the King James Bible, gifts, is used in Ephesians where the uh, Paul said, for he has given gifts unto men, ex- yep. uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teacher. And if you're not careful, you'll misunderstand the two gift words are two completely different um, uh, Greek words that somehow didn't translate the same. So the Greek word gifts there is not charisma, it's the Greek word doma, D-O-M-A, mm-hmm. which is a governmental uh, arena or governmental function of a prophet. And uh, so I have, gosh, it's gonna be hard to say this. I, 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 I have seen, um, so so the, word, so, so the word gift as governmental office, I give prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers. It is a jurisdiction. It is a sphere of influence, whether it be a sphere of influence over a region, a church, a thing, yeah. or a city, or whatever. It is a sphere of influence. It's a doma. It's an influence. It is, it is, it is something that the church is built on the foundation of, and that is the, the gifts, the doma gifts of yeah. God. So I think we confuse those sometimes because I have seen in my opinion, I've seen a lot of uh, charisma gifts yep. that think they're doma gifts. Hundred percent. You got to really be careful. They got to be careful of that that means you think, well, you know, I can say anything to the church. I right. can say anything to people right. because I, right. I, mean, I have the gift of prophecy. Well, that gift of prophecy again is a testimony of Jesus Christ, and the testimony of Jesus Christ is the kindness of God, the love of God, the redemption of God. That's the testimony. But the office of prophet is more the foundational building architect, mm-hmm. you know, office, you know, um, of um, of the prophet, and so I have seen people, I have been around men who I was sure, I knew they were the office of prophet, but I never heard them prophesy ever. Explain that. In other words, that, that they, for the office of prophet is, is, is a, it is a, again, it's a doma gift, meaning a sphere of influence. Yep. It is a foundational gift to help build the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, I don't remember anywhere in Paul's writings where he went out and prophesied over people. I can't remember. Maybe, maybe. For a sec. I can't remember if there. If you get one, I'll give Dylan, you ten you bucks. Any? Not over people. No, no, not as single people. Okay. In other words, given in his meetings, prophesy over them. And he did some healings and that sort of things. Yeah. But but he was he was. As scripture says that the church is built on the foundation, the dome, the 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 rock, the foundational, the substructure, the underpinning of the church is built on the office of apostles and prophets. Would you so say his that. writings were prophetic? And his, oh, it's absolutely right. Absolutely. No, I'm talking about in the context of the way we do perfect today. Well, I, I got a prophetic right, right. word for you. you. Call yep. you out. By the yeah. way, your word is Nathan, and yep. you're this. Yep. I didn't see Paul do that, but he was. He was the premier. He was a mate. He was the builder prophet. He was the architect of New Testament Christianity, right. Right. and he built that. And he was a prophet, and he and of course he spoke prophetically. To, yep. to the church, but not not as much as John did in the book of Revelation. Right. We're talking about a prophesying Ooh, guy. Like, let's go. I just read it the other night and thought, I don't get one thing he said mm-hmm. except Jesus. It's confusing. <laughs> That's yeah. like, it's like, you know, people are writing books. I like all sword that. mouth Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Bloody robe sword, sword mouth yeah. Jesus. That That's one, the one. Yeah. That one gives me yeah. I don't sometimes. know. I, 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 Figured out. I'm not going to figure that one out because that's not who I am. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I just want to say that to the people that may be listening. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Mm-hmm. But don't let it take you into place thinking you own something. I'm going to weave this in. Yeah. Um, uh, a prophetic gift, the word of knowledge, is given to you to not to not own people or take charge over them. That is given you to take charge over things that hurt people. Mm. In other words, gift of healing is the same way. It's like God, let me say it this way. I don't think God has ever given us authority over people as much as he's given us authority over things that hurt people. Hold on. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are for, not to take authority over people, 
are to give to, but things that hurt people. And once you once you can take authority over evil spirits or hurts and bumps and bruises and encouragement in their life, they're things that have hurt them, they'll follow you to the end of the earth. So this whole thing about got to get people to follow me, I'm a prophet, you better follow right. me, you're under my right. prophet's marriage life, right. that is so wrong. How, how familiar are you with the New Apostolic Re- Reformation, the NAR accusations against mm-hmm. our movement? No, I'm not. You're not. Okay, no. can I maybe try to just... Love. Because there is a large push against the charismatic spirit-filled movement where they're categorizing a lot of the movement as NAR, New Apostolic Reformation. New Apostolic Reformation was a term coined by C. Peter Wagner as he was trying to identify a time. Right. 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 He was saying this is the 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 new uh, this is a new season for the church. Right. And I I think a lot of people that let let's say would oppose a percentage of the spirit-filled movement mm-hmm. have labeled uh, anybody that would speak of like that apostolic leads the prophetic, you know, the apostolic and prophetic leads the church. Yeah. And there is a, and, and I would be the first one to fully admit that there has been major uh, chaos yeah. in some of the, the term, the use of the term apostolic, Absolutely. the use of the term apostle, um, the prophetic, I would say there's been, major major issues in all of it but but what i hear you saying and you you're unfamiliar with this this term nar yeah I, i've heard it i don't i you, you didn't know, know what it means i no okay uh, one of the one of the things that they talk about is like the apostle leads oh. and the prophet you know the prophet well, i know that comes order, up but with I've never new heard it, revelation i've never heard it titled that way but i know that yeah in the 70s that was big and they called it something else but yeah what i hear you saying though is the prophetic isn't there to, oh, what did you say? So, it, it, uh, the prophetic and the apostolic is not given to take authority over people, yes. but given to take authority over things that hurt people. I, I just That's I just, the heart of Jesus. I think that this is a very, especially right now, this is a massive yeah. issue It is you know, in the spirit-filled church. And you mentioned Heidi. It's one of the things that I always dream to Heidi, the apostolic anointing, but her whole goal is to, deal with things that hurt people, not have authority over people. That's who she is. I mean, that that's can, a defection of a true apostle. My, can I get on my uh, my high horse for yes. a second? I need all of you people to hear what, what was just said. That the apostolic, the prophetic, yeah. from someone who's been around this movement forever, and I would say is one of the voices in, in the prophetic movement in America, and I would say you've you've also touched touched it globally. Not even knowing the controversy, what you hear is the prophetic is there to serve broken people. Yeah, and the apostolic. It's not there to lead people or direct yeah. people or or lord over people. Yeah. You, Larry, yeah. I, I, the, that's massive. It's in the Gospels. Remember when they asked Jesus, which one's, you know, about, you know, um, authority. He set up and he spoke into them before he passed uh, and crucified. I forget, is it John or Luke? John. I'm just going to take a, where's that? No address. Do whatever you want. But but no, I'm just saying he, and they were saying, you know, who shall be greatest in the kingdom of God? And, you know, and, and there was this debate between them, who's the greatest? And it was not long after that, that he said to them, basically, the transition was, behold, I give you power over all power of the devil and unclean spirits and for healing. And so Jesus, in my opinion, I, I don't I don't have an English word to say this other than other than he, 
His intent was not to to raise up governmental offices to lord over people. Because here's what Ephesians says, for the apostles and prophets are the foundation, not the roof. Right. It's the foundation. So that's the, the subscription. In other words, you walk on, they, they're the ones that hold you up. And so so apostolic, so he what he did, he gave, he said, okay, you want power, you want to know who's grace, the kingdom of God, yep. you know who's the If you, ones that can cast out. In other words, not taking authority over someone, taking authority over the demon that's tormenting someone, that puts you in an apostolic or prophetic or, or healing mode, and it is the heart of Christ. And uh, that's what he did. He, he didn't do that. He did, but, but you're right. There, it, that's resurfaced because we dealt with that in the 70s. If you weren't submitted to a personal apostle and you have prophecy, yeah, yeah, yeah. they had to, it was, I call it the downline. You know, yeah. you got to be in our downline. If yeah. you weren't in the downline, if you're at the bottom, you're at the bottom. And I just, that's always bruised my heart. I thought, that's not who Jesus was. That's not who, uh, my, what it's all about. And uh, there's a respect. You know that goes with uh, calling and time and et cetera. But uh, anyway, so uh, I think we got to dis disconnect from that. From what globally. exactly? Uh, disconnect from that power trip that 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 uh, in a sense that um, we have authority over people, right? And instead of authority over things that hurt people, and uh, that takes the love of God because sometimes people can be interesting. <laughs> so, and you think they need a, somebody to take authority over them. But so maybe going too far into this. But anyway, it is it is a marker that uh, that has that has um, thwarted in my in my sense the church mm-hmm. and has made us more of an institution instead of a body of Christ, and uh, which the which the greatest among you becomes the least. Yeah. Constantine, I was I've been studying the early church. Constantine, mm-hmm. you know, got saved and then built this structure. Yeah, that really ended up ruling over yeah. Rome. True, and it was Christian, and, and it was better than the oh, way yeah. that it was. But it still developed a structure that yeah. ruled over people. And then you saw the monastics come out of that. Yeah, where they went off into the desert, went alone. Yeah, and and got the you know just spent time alone with the Lord. And they tried to like don't, yeah. don't even come near us. We don't want to build anything. And but then even in the monastic move. It, they ended up coming back into the church because it everybody always craves structure. Yep. They always I, want I to they always crave somebody telling them what to do. Yeah. Structure all that but hierarchy is hierarchy. Hierarchy is yes. a better word. Yeah, that is a I'm much saying, better word. Yeah. Hierarchy is this, mm-hmm. you know, it and instead of this. Yeah. Instead of community, it's hierarchy, it's pyramid. Yeah. Randy told me this and I've said it on here before and it's a it's a something that has stuck with me. He said, Well, everybody talks about the apostolic. He says the apostolic's open handed. Yep. Absolutely. It just offers up everything. It yep. just gives and gives and doesn't yep. hold on and doesn't control. It's open handed. Yeah. All ministry should prefer the service of Christ to people. Yeah. Yeah. So, Larry, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, the, what 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 you are talking about, I'm actually amazed that you don't know what's going on. Or that that you haven't been a part of that the NAR I'm controversy. Out. I'm only I'm only in it because I'm studying it, and I've talked to a bunch of people that are really criticizing our our, our movement, yeah. the charismatic Pentecostal Spirit filled movement. Yeah. They're criticizing. They're criticizing it. I think there has been some. There has actually been some of that top down. I'm the apostle, yeah, sure. right? And that and so I will I will not deny that. Yeah. But it is not the heartbeat. No. Of of the Pentecostal spirit filled charismatic no, movement, there sure. will always be error. 
should be the flip of the pyramid mm -hmm. where the tip is on the bottom. And, yeah. And that's what I love about Iris. You mentioned that. So yeah. you love about Heidi, Rollin, yeah. right? We, we have this saying, the river runs in the lowest place. Yep. Right? Yep. The river of God runs in the lowest place. Mm -hmm. And uh, true. It's, it's true. It's not hot. Yeah. I was just in Israel. We were baptizing people in the Jordan. And I don't know if you know this, but the Jordan River is the lowest river yep. in the world. And it leads to, 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 to the, the dead, dead sea. sea. It leads to the death. Yeah. Yep. No, no. That's amazing. Well, I, like I thought I'd try to drop a, a, re a heavy revy on Larry. And you did. No. And no. you're just like, eh, I knew that. No, okay. no, no, no. It's no. good. It's good, Larry. It's good. No, uh, I like that. I'm, I'm playing uh, T-ball while you're out there in the major no. leagues. No, I'm not. I'm retired. You're amazing. Yeah. So what, so what, what else is the Lord sharing with you these days? I, I, I really, I really, I, I want to give you the I, opportunity to share. Okay. Just what's, maybe one thing I, I will say, I'm not going to say what I'm about to say for any <laughs> selfish reasons other than I really believe that God's saying a lot more than people want to hear right now. Cause we, uh, the, this world is pretty much determined what they want to hear. And so there's false news, there's, there's false belief, there's people are hanging, you know, so he's saying a lot, so he's hiding more than he's revealing mm. because it's not appropriate yet because the season is not there. Everything's seasonal. Solomon, the wisest man in the world, other than Jesus, you know, he said, it's all about seasons, you know, everything, seasons come, seasons go, and, uh, and if we're not uh, careful, we get ahead of our season and say things that are not seasonally appropriate that nobody even gets, yeah. you know, at, at all. Um, nevertheless, so, so there's some things that the Lord is saying to me, and I'm going to say this, so that I hope it's not misinterpreted in this way, that that I would never dare ever say a reveal because because um, Jesus said, uh, they said, uh, I no longer call you servants because a servant knows what his master does. I call you friends. John 15, 15. 15. Friends tell friends secrets, hoping they never tell anyone. And the prophetic ministry has a, has a history of telling everything they hear. And it's like, so if you really, so like, how do you become a friend of God? Keep your, keep your mouth keep your shut. Mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instead of, I mean, instead, unless it's valuable to hurt and, and, and something to prevent something, but just to know something, uh, you know, so, so the more I, the more I get becomes friends of God, you know, friends talk with each other just to get off the end. It's like hoping they never go tell everybody, you know, and, um, and I think we've missed it somewhat there in the whole room, the prophetic. Everything we hear from God, we think we're supposed to say it. Right, right. Gosh, when you, if you're even married, you know better than that. You know, it's like, <laughs> my gosh, you know. But, and we're married. We're supposed to be the bride of Christ, so we got to tell everything. Yeah. Like, okay. So how did I get there? I don't know. But that's one of my little hobbies. I love hobbies. it. Keep that's going, one of my, Larry. One of my just hobby horses. Like, get on that horse. Ride my, that horse, because Larry. My, my, goal, <laughs> my goal is, my goal is at the end of this life is not to be a great ministry, but to be a friend of God, mm -hmm. not to be a great gift of not but to be a friend of God. Because this is, this, this, I'm, I'm, told me it's the wrong word. At 73, you know, people say, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm still, my nose is against the wall. I mean, you know, t 20 years, I'll be 93. I doubt that's going to work, but that's all right. So, so I'm, I'm fully aware. I'm situationally aware of my age, where I'm at in time. And I'm, and I'm trying, and I'm, and it's, Paul said, I'm working for a better salvation, a resurrection, excuse me. I'm working for a better resurrection. What does that mean? They, the sons of Zebedee, the mother brought the sons of Zebedee mm. to Jesus and said, in the next kingdom, Lord, which one of my two sons can sit at your right and your left hand? Now, today's theology would rebuke them. Everybody's equal in heaven. Right. There's no right hand. What do you mean? You, your sons, you right. are, are you trying to, what? Right. And Jesus didn't. He said, it's not for me to know. Mm -hmm. it's, not for, it's not for me to be given, but for the Father in heaven to know which 
by him not answering that says that the next there's places of proximity there's spheres of proximity in the le- next life that has to do with friendship with god yeah. in other words he who sits on the right and left throne uh, you know of god i believe who do you sit closest to friends always sit close to friends the the disciples would argue who is argue. the greatest Who's and the greatest? jesus never never corrected them nope when they would argue about that true he would never say this yep. is not an important conversation but hey it is, it is. So I said, you know what? The best way to, if, if I want to live eternity and eternity, I mean, I, I want to be as close as I can get. And friends always stay close to friends. Mm. And, 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 and I'll, it's not that you're, you know, Lord, Lord, do we not cast out devils in your name yeah. and, and heal the sick and prophesy? He said, depart from me. I never knew you. That word depart is a really interesting Greek word that, that has to do with, by the way, I'm not a Greek student, but I, but, uh, we in a sense, I didn't go to college for that, but I've studied <laughs> enough to, I, I got a computer. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so the Greek, the Greek word there is not depart as in like thrown out. It literally, the expanded Greek said, uh, and uh, Strong's as well says, leave this immediate space. In other words, back up is reserve. It's a reserve space. Depart from me. I never knew you. And the word was, I never, so there is, there is proof in, in my opinion, the Bible that, that one of the jobs in our life, one of the passions in my life, let me put it that way, is to work for better resurrection. Meaning, this this world's fleeting. I'm here mm-hmm. another ten years, maybe I hope fifteen at the most. I'm going to spend eternity with God. I prefer next to Him instead of the back row of heaven. You know, it's better in the front row of the other place. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to be there. But I, I just that's just like why not spend? You know, why not work for better? Re- this is a prepping room for proximity in the mm-hmm. next life. Not the so. The older I get, the more I go, okay, I'm determined. I'm determined to not say, Lord, didn't I do then You know, and him say, back right, up. Right. This is reserved for someone that was friends with me. Wow. So anyway, enough of that. What, what What's your take on run the race that's set before you? I, yeah. In, in in the midst of all that, because there, I, I mean, I've always thought about, you know, in a race, someone is first, someone's last yeah. in a race. Absolutely. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Uh, that has nothing to do with that. Other than, <laughs> other yeah. than and yes, I, I do. Um, um, I, again, I, I'm just saying, again, I think it's all about proximity. Yeah. You know, and um, um, the anointing is related to proximity. Friendship is related to proximity. Gifting is related to proximity. Um, and um, um, uh, I don't know much to say about that. Proximity that. with God. With God. Yeah. And the next life. Yeah. I, and I know that sounds a little. Nobody wants to hear that. But when you're young, you don't want to hear that. When you're older, you go, okay, yeah. I, 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 I'm not stupid. I'm, no, I'm not going to be here that long. You know, right. so, so what's the next life? I want to be as close to the Lord as I can. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's yeah. my goal. So how do I do that? Be his friend. So what to do? Friends love other friends that they love. You know, and friends, friends tell secrets to each other. And friends share their hearts with each other, hoping mm. that that won't be used to advance their cause somehow. And so that's what a lot of ministry, in my opinion, or I have done, have done, and I go, don't want to do that anymore. So, so, so what? I ask the Lord a lot, Lord. What's instead of me saying, Lord, help me, I ask the Lord, God, what's on your mind, Lord? Right. What troubles you today? What hurts your heart today in the world? I. I want to be your friend. How can I help you with something? Can I yeah. bear something instead of saying, "God, me, 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 right, me, right. me, me"? I, but I know when I've gone to your house, we've hung out. I've always I try to you know squeeze some sort of prophetic understanding out of you. You you are very rare that you open up. You're very slow 
to share what you do think you hear. Mm-hmm. What percentage, can I just ask you a personal question? Sure. What percentage of the conversations that you're having with the Lord do you actually end up sharing? About no, just about what's going on in the globe or what's going on in the church or you know, 25% maybe. How much? 25 or 30%. You, so you, maybe. you share about 25, 30%. Yeah. Look, and another and another reason is in the prophetic realm and things you see and know, friends share with friends, sometimes there's no uh, time and date stamp on it. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be careful saying things out of season because it spooks people, saying things out of season, or that season has matured. Um, I, I think I just know some things recently that, okay, you know, the only reason I know that, there's no other reason it's not you know, other, other than somehow the Lord and I were connecting and he just let something slip. <laughs> do, do you take it as a place of intercession? Like where no. you're praying, oh, oh, do yeah. you pray oh, yeah. into I, all of oh, this yeah. stuff? Oh yeah. So talk to no, me about not, the prophetic and intercession. There's, there's some absolutes. I think there's some absolutes, Yeah, but I think everything has uh, friend friends can influence friends. Abraham was a friend of God. Abraham taught God down from a, a decision he was going to make to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He, he argued him all the way down. Mm. Like that's what friends do. So when God, when God says this is coming, this judgment was coming, yeah. only was Abraham able to talk him down to if you could just find a, and the Lord said, I will do it. I mean, he's relenting to his yeah. friend and all the way down to nearly nothing. And that's powerful. Mm. That's powerful. When God already makes a mandate, destruction is coming and friends are able to talk him out of it. I mean, that's Abraham. I, I love that. And by the way, I like uh, Enoch. And he said, and he was a friend of God. Talk about Enoch and Abraham. He said he walked with God and he was not. I mm. love that. And I like that. You know, I know that means he was not. Nobody saw him, but he walked with God. And he became, he just was not. It was not about yeah. him. It was not about his ministry. It was not about his career. He just, he was a friend of God. Yeah. He walked with God. Maybe you, you won't want to share a story about yourself personally. And I understand that. But you know a lot, maybe in some of the people that you've met, some of the mm-hmm. some of the prophets that you've known is there something in private that they've told you where where the lord spoke it ahead of time and they've gone on that journey whether it's intercession or visiting a location to meet with a leader privately and you've seen that shift that it might not be public yeah maybe even years ago uh you know things that yeah in the 70s or 80s like where you actually watched that play out real time mm-hmm. where you saw a major event shift as yeah. in as a prophetic voice or someone yeah. had that relationship with the Lord, yeah. Can can you share? Yeah. You don't have to share a name yeah. of a, of who it was, but say it to me one more time. So you just you just shared yeah. about how the Lord speaks to yes. friends, right? And and they go to work, right? Right, Absolutely. and they might not share it publicly, but well, you mentioned Enoch that there was a shift. That shift. took place globally. Yeah, shift that took absolutely. place. Do you do you have any stories from friends in yeah. ministry that you could share where you where you've watched that happen? They might not have shared it publicly, but something that I've had a few you, personal ones that, and I have yeah. some friends as well. Yeah, can and you share an example or two um, in your opinion? Because there's a bunch of uh, their friends out there. Some of them are past, you know, yeah. and, and uh, something uh, that's safe that you feel yeah. comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I I was just thinking of a, uh, thinking of a few for me. Uh, I thought that, again, I'm careful because in the prophetic realm and the eternity, there's no time. Yep. So what's what what should be a month is a hundred years. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know if we if we try to really parse through it. So uh, let me give you. a By the way, so I said this before. This is interesting. And I was twenty six or seven years old when I saw nine eleven. I went to New York. I got on an airplane and went to New York 
to, because of 9-11 I, and a vision in the middle of the night. I never, because first of all, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what that meant, you know, uh, to, uh, for that. But gosh, that was decades and decades. I was, you know, decades. That was up to what, uh, 2000, what was the year? Of I don't even anyway, remember. I was in the 2000, but I was, it was 1977. I'd never even been on an airplane before. It was a vision from God. And I got on an airplane uh, from Arkansas and flew to New York City with nowhere to go. No, other than I knew because I saw the two t- uh, these towers on fire, and so the prophetic is a strange world where you live in uh, three dimensional spaces. And it's like what you see now may happen in a minute, or may mm-hmm. happen another generation or hundred years. You know, yeah. uh, sometimes for a reason. I don't know why that was shared. I can say yeah. then now. Other, than, I don't think I did anything to help or, or hurt that. It's right. just that other than well, I did go pray over New yep. York and what I saw in the fire that I saw. Can we talk about this a little bit yeah. more, just for a second? Sure. Because I find this very interesting, especially in these days and times. Um, I know, I know that Paul Kane, yes, um, who's now with the Lord, yes, he had access to the White House. Yeah, he had. I've been in his house. I've seen things, yeah. right? Like this, this was not something that is just a theory. I, I actually bought Paul Kane's car from him yeah. and inside of his car was all these letters and yeah. things. And yes, I read them all yeah. in fine detail, but like, you're going to hell. No, I became friends with him later on I in his you. life before he passed. Uh, and, um, and I was blown away at, these these levels in the prophetic that actually that actually influence government like i think we talk mm-hmm. a lot about uh you know climb the mountain right yeah. like the spheres and go and take it and speak in but there is a whole other level yeah. that most people don't even know about of prophetic voices yeah. spirit filled right now oh yeah yeah i've been to meetings where they've sent the secret services come absolutely uh and to meet with people yeah. that i've been in meetings with because they've gotten information. Let, can I just, just for a second, because I actually don't get this opportunity a lot, and a lot of people don't hear this. Paul Paul Kane used to meet with Saddam. Absolutely. I knew that. Yeah. Because Bill Clinton sent him yep. as an embassy to, to Saddam. So, he told me all about it. Yep. And Paul Kane worked with Bill Clinton. Absolutely. I've yeah. seen the notebooks. Yep. Uh, can you talk about that level in the prophetic where it doesn't get talked about. Very few people know. I, I don't want to make it some weird conspiracy hidden thing because yeah. Christians make it weird because a lot of it I found happens very naturally. It happens in people they'll meet in a hotel sure. or in, a, in an elevator. They they share a word. And next thing you know, like the people that I know that have reached that level in the prophetic, it's never been because they've like worked their way up in there. It's always been these yeah. God moments that's brought God them moments. there. Well, actually, the Old Testament prophetic, most of the prophets were sent to kings. I mean, every, you know, that's what they did. It's mm-hmm. just, it wasn't rare then, yeah. you know, for the word of the Lord. But but yes, and and some of it you don't, um, some of it, how to say, you don't buy into all the way. I mean, you, you go yes. a little way, like, like like what happened there. I actually I actually um, got a talk to the sage of it. <laughs> yeah. And uh who were putting together a coalition when we be a part of, uh, they call it prophetic people, people that know stuff mm-hmm. with psychics and other things and boots yeah. on the ground and uh, to meet every month and to get information, you know, uh, because 
they they believe that stuff. So there's people in powers that be yep. that are not even that believe. Oh, there's people out there that know stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't know how they don't know how they know stuff. Yeah. But but anyway, the Lord restrained me from that, and that was fine. That yeah. didn't, and uh, that didn't. I finally got the email. I couldn't believe from the top. You know. Yeah. And like, and uh, now I don't think I want to be a guy who knows stuff. Mm. You know, because people that know stuff wind up dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a public actually. Maybe take some of the nostalgia yeah. out of this. This is actually. A, a public thing. There's government documents where they were different, yeah, different nations have gone after the supernatural Absolutely. and gone after getting information ahead of time. Uh, I think it is natural that the church should is should. in, is in that place when, when it's God. Right. When and, it's God. and I think that there's a danger in, in having an Oracle or like, you know, this yeah. person that you call and I've experienced that. Uh, I've seen that with, with a friend of mine, he, phone, he would get phone calls from senators and give me the word, give me this, do, you know, it was, it was just felt really, really, really weird. Yeah. But when I, when I purchased Paul Kane's car, yeah. can I share this story really quick? Yes, absolutely. I saw his car in his driveway cause he, 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 he left, uh, North, North Carolina right. and left everything behind. Yeah. And uh, I lived up the mountain from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's when that's when we were that's living we, next to each all other. There. Yeah, and I I went up to my friend's house who was renting his house at the time, and his his car was there in the driveway, flat tires, you know, and yeah, sat sure. there for a long time. And I said, "Is that uh, is that is that his his Volvo? Is that Paul Kane's Volvo?" Yeah. And he was like, "Yep." I said, "I want it." I call Paul. I get his number. I call him, and he goes, "You're calling me because you want you want my car, don't you?" And I was like, "Yep." He goes, "I I mailed it to the house today." You're going to offer me a thousand dollars for it, which is all that I had. Yeah. And he was like, I, I already put it in the mail before the, the title. Before you told yeah, me. Yeah, I'm mailing it. Yeah. Right. And I signed it. It's, it's mailed. Uh, it's amazing. being sent to, to my old house. Yeah. It should be there in a few days. And that's what started our friendship. But he, I said, you know, there's all this stuff in your car. What do you want me to do with it? And he said, you know, just clean it out, throw it out if you find anything. And I went through, I went through his car uh, with his permission, which is now my car. And, uh, it had it had these lists in his car, and it was like buy milk, buy eggs, call Bob at FBI and share <laughs> the vision. You know, call yeah, like get a jacket, buy a jacket from whatever the place I forget what it was in you know it was like Belks or whatever in Moravian Falls. Yeah, you know, nice. uh, call you know Paul and Jane Crouch, tell them the word. Yeah, there's I I that moment it always marked. It marked me because there are the, there is this friendship with God where he talks and he puts people in place to really serve, not just the church, but to serve it is. the world. Yeah, the world. And that is the premier Joseph anointing. And, God, and that's, I believe God's releasing that prophetic anointing in young Joseph's and Josephine's, if I can put it that way. Mm-hmm around the world to influence government, to influence, as Joseph did with Pharaoh in Egypt. He saved them because there's a prophetic gift from a prison to the throne and the courts of Pharaoh. That is a, as amazing. Uh, so, uh, In other words, his word of knowledge, his prophetic wasn't for the church. Right. It was for the government. It was for the sake of people dying. It was for a, a, a war. That's what I meant by, you know, things God shows you is global. It has mm. to do with those influences, not just a personal church meeting, which that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. But that falls in, you may all prophesy, not in the, you know, uh, Doma gift. The Doma gift. Yeah. 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 No, so, so okay. Oh, I, I could talk, I could literally talk about this for hours. And we're going to, I want, I, I'm going to be done in three minutes. Oh, you're good. Let me ask you just one more question. 
How does someone know when they start in the DOMA gift, yeah. right? And then they actually move over, for lack of a better term, the office. They take that. They, they enter into that. Do you see that I mean, as a sovereign? Doma. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Do you see that as sovereign? Do you see that as uh, there's signs, right? There's a, there's a dreams and a visions thing. There's a, they've had it from the time they were young. Do you see it more as a sovereign gift or do you see people crossing over where they start with, you know, words of knowledge and they hear little prophetic yeah. things and then they grow into it? Like, how does someone know that that's the actual call? Because I see a lot of a lot of the stuff that I that a lot of the public stuff that you see on the internet that you you know the yeah. stuff that makes the news isn't isn't that level. It's people I think that are functioning Absolutely. in a different level. Yeah, yeah. How do you know that that's your calling? And number one, is it? Do you want that to be your calling? I think yeah. is a is yeah. a better question. It, I think it's all the above. Okay. Yeah. And I think sometimes with the gift of prophecy uh, overlaps into that office sometimes. And sometimes the office of prophet overlaps into personal encouragement for people. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's a hard line between the two, charisma and doma. Yeah. I think they blend over, but but you'll be more proficient in one than the other. And that'll be your plat, you know, platform. Because um, so um, um, I, I, again, I, I just reiterate, I think that, um, I think because the Lord told me as a young man, in my early 20s, that I was a Joseph and that he was raising up a generation of Josephs, male and female, to transform the world mm-hmm. that would stand in the courts of Pharaoh, that would that would see what was coming, not just prophetic, give wisdom to store the wheat to, you know, when the famine mm-hmm. is coming, to right. save the people, right. and to not only save Egypt and the world, because God so loved the world, not just the church, yeah. he saved the world first. I mean, then his family was saved yeah. because of him. So, um, yeah, and, and- I... How does this young Joseph generation know that they're not schizophrenic? I don't know that they do. Well, schizophrenic in the sense like um, I'm hearing the Lord. Like how how does someone know? Because I've I've met a lot of prophetic people. It's like, whoa, you're not prophetic. You need some help. See, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody has a different avenue of receiving in a sense of some people get it ahead of time. Again, I'm in the moment Mm -hmm. a lot of times. Uh, by the way, the, the explosion in the Gulf, which was the day, you know, the whole bit, I just walked in my room and looked at my my computer screen and had a, of the Gulf, and, and within a split second, I saw the explosion on the computer, just boom, it just, I knew it was going to happen. Wow. So it was in the moment. Yeah. Uh, 90, uh, 1993, 1994, I was doing conferences in Indonesia, Jakarta, mm-hmm. and I loved, that was like, just had a father and heart for that nation, and businessman would bring me in and um, would do the uh uh, meetings in the tennis stadium downtown, invite the Muslims. I mean, yeah. it's like, it was just like, yeah, the peak of like my happy, you yeah. know, and, and as far as feeling that for a nation, loved them, loved them. They loved me. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, I was invited to, um, uh, to the minister of education who was third or fourth in, uh, of, of Indonesia, uh, power structure to his house. We had to pass by all the rickshaws and all the all the little huts and things to get this big mansion behind a wall where the Mercedes drives us in. We're sitting, and I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, gosh, you know. And so it, the servants were, you know, they have their towels on there and everybody, everything's so prompt. Yeah. It's like, it like, you know, $1,000 meal, and yeah. it was crazy, and it's sitting at the very end there. And I'm just saying, what am I doing here? Right. And um, the guy was nice, you know, and uh, all right. And as I'm sitting there in the moment, before I even knew, I said to him, I saw you as a little boy, like five or six years old, walking the streets and crying for your father. And I said, 
I said, if, if you can, if I'm right, I can tell you why. And he, and, and, uh, he started crying. He said, my father was killed in the war. Um, when I was five years, uh, four years old, he said, and I was orphaned and I would walk the streets every day in Jakarta and cry for my dad. And I said, and, and, uh, and he said, because I, I miss my father. And so the word, I said, so you're here today, you know, because God heard the cry of a little boy and you have now the chance to be a father to this nation. And he's just weeping profusely. And he was in the moment. And there was a, there were some things that were happening in Indonesia that needed shifting. That moment helped him to shift into his fathering role that he had for that nation. By the way, they bought me a $500 presidential shirt to wear, you know, which looked terrible. I mean, it was horrible. It was a bad taste. But anyway, that, that didn't mean bad taste, but it wasn't me. But I'm just saying all of that, those, those kind of things that shift things, in my opinion, be in the right place at the right time and be ready for spontaneity of the spirit mm. and in the moment, mm. in the moment. Sometimes you get in my head, yep. you know, but, but most of the time with me, it's just being willing to be used on whatever capacity, whether it be one, whether it could be a, a beggar on the street yeah. to a minister of education yep. in the country. You can't, you can't choose because both of them are equally important. Wow. I mean, to God, the beggar is just as important too. But anyway, so they're listening. Joseph's are listening here. Yeah. Here's the thing you got to do about Joseph's. Joseph's practiced their gift in a prison before they did before a king. Joseph had a gift of prophecy. He prophesied over a butler and a baker before he ever prophesied over the Pharaoh. The problem we got in today's world, everybody wants to get to the throne, prophesy over the Pharaoh, and don't want to spend their time in the prison being faithful over the two people God had put in their life for year after year. And the, David said of him, and the word of the Lord tried Joseph to see it be faithful toward what God did in his life. There's a faithfulness factor of, of your gift being used in, even in small ways and in small seasons to just a butler and a baker. Mm. Uh, but one of those that he ministered to remembered him and talked to Pharaoh about him. And because he was willing to suffer rejection, and he's willing to suffer, uh, uh, suffer the fact of no visibility, although he was called a great anointing, and he served with his whole heart. He would never complain. He never wanted to be the big deal. Um, he found himself not only saving Egypt, but the whole world from famine, his whole family. I mean, everything was riding on the fact that he humbled himself mm. and actually humbled himself. He didn't get a chance. His brothers rejected him. Mm. So rejection can actually be the first step to a prison to practice your gift for something greater to come in your life. As long as you say it like he said it to his half-brothers when it was done, and yeah. his brothers, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. You guys really didn't like me. You put me here, but you played right into God's hand. Wow. Thank you for hurting me. Wow. <laughs> you know, so, so, and uh, amazing, amazing story. So Joseph's hurting yeah. Joseph's yeah. all over this planet, hurting Joseph's who feel like they're in the bottom of the prison, feel like they're not getting anywhere. They just, they're, they're just, all that God is asking is faithfulness. And when that day comes, you will not be able to stop the ascent to the throne because it's just one step away. Uh, uh, and one faithfulness away. It's just one forgiveness away from you having impact in the earth. And by the way, the, the prisons, you know, the thrones of those days, you know, we know that, I think. The throne was here. The, the prison was always the bottom floor of, of the castle, the throne. So so it was, it was there. You may be in your calling. You may be in the prime time, but sometimes you're in the basement of that, and you have to wait until his time came. The word of the Lord tried him. That was the word from uh, David about Joseph. And uh, so we're speaking to Joseph's. We're speaking to 
hundreds of that millions mm-hmm. probably of Josephs, the younger generation. My heart, I, I said, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't, I, I, done meaning I'm done, not mad. I mean, done meaning my cup is full. I'm done meaning I, I passed up my capacity a long time ago. I mean, I went way beyond my potential. I mean, I surprised everybody uh, in, in my, I don't mean everybody, in heaven, I meant. <laughs> I think I surprised those guys. So, um, <laughs> so, I, so, so I'm good. I'm good with that. But I know this, that, that, that just as I was a young man, was, you know, that there are other young men and women that God has his hand upon that we have no idea what's, where they're going, what's going. But they're, they are destined to change the world. This next generation, Gen X and up, mm-hmm. although all the problems and the complications happen, still I feel they're destined destined to change this yeah. world, 100%. change this world, 100%. 100%. 100%. global awakening yeah. from the younger generation. I was a part of the Jesus movement, you know, part of the whole Jesus movement, rock gospel scene, the whole, yeah. you know, hippie, you know, preaching with the bell bottoms and hip huggers and high heel shoes and long hair, and, you know, whatever. And uh, the church hated us. Right. <laughs> they, they, they thought it was demonic. But anyway, how did we get there? I don't I know. It. The, the, this is so good. good. Um, there is a there is a move right now. That, so the statistics coming out of YWAM as I talked to Andy Bird. Have you ever met Andy Bird? I, I, the name sounds familiar, but I have he's uh, one of Lauren Cunningham's kind of okay, like the no, guy that's Lauren come, out is, of, yeah. come out of. Lauren's passed away. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's come out of YWAM. He's doing. He's running around doing the sins right now. Oh, okay. Amazing man. Amazing character. Love him. Y- younger generation. The statistics that he's telling me out of YWAM, uh, coming out of YWAM right now, are 50% of all on-fire youth yeah. consider missions as a full-time yeah. calling. We've never seen numbers like that. Never. Yeah, no. We've never seen numbers like that before. There is, there is, a, there is an epic shift coming to this planet that's going to require a generation heart of abandonment to God that we have never seen yeah. ever. It's going to rise to the thrones of Pharaoh. And isn't it historic that the ones that everybody says are the hopeless, the worst, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's what I hear. I, I hear, like, oh, they're just, they don't know their identity. They, yeah, they, they're confused insecure. about yeah. this and that, and yeah. they want to be called this and that, and yeah. and then all, but God. But God. But God. Yeah. It, I it's. I mean, I say this all the time. It's Iran. It's the fastest growing church in the world. There is. isn't a You're missiologist right. alive that saw that coming. No. In fact, they said it would be the most difficult True. nation in the world. But God, Jesus mm-hmm. is walking into people's rooms, the yep. man dressed in white, yep. and and they're falling in love. Yep. I love this, Larry. Uh, what? Uh, listen, is there anything as we close this time, and I, I say the word close loosely. Yes, we can uh, go as long as you want. But I also want to honor your time. Um, is there anything else that, that that you feel like the Lord has been sharing with you lately? Something for the body? Something for... Is there I, anything I, else? I'd like to gloss over something. Can, you? End with can that. you? Because he's been saying it to me for a long Please. time. And, and I think... I think when you say things ahead of his time, people don't understand it ahead of his time. Then mm-hmm. when you get to that point, you say it again. They go, "Why? What was that? Mm-hmm. I've been saying it, you know, but you know, because it's not understandable because it's out of season. Yeah. So there's something I just had a couple. I just looked. Yeah, at. I was about to grab that and start uh, yeah, reading it myself. Yeah. The, uh, one of the one of the, probably one of the tipping points in my life for, for uh, in the last mm, uh, fifteen years or so 
is uh, Luke 17, 20 and, uh, through 32, where the disciples um, come, came to uh, Jesus. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, the, the Pharisees. I didn't mean to say disciples. I mean, mm-hmm. the Pharisees come to Jesus, and they're asking, Lord, what would be the signs of the last time, and what's the last days? And so what they were doing, basically, put it in today's language, they were they wanted to know his eschatology. What's mm-hmm. the last days look like? What's the kingdom, you yep. know, the kingdom of God? And uh, what's it going to look like? And that's what everybody's asking today. The eschatological uh, hunger out there for what's eschatology, what's happening, what, how's it for the Revelation book, this, that, that. And so they're asking Jesus. Now, Jesus, I was thinking, should give this long, amazing, heavenly, you know, doctrinal dissertation about the hermeneutics of yeah. Revelation and you know, yeah. whatever. And I'm reading through, the first time I'm reading through this, I get to the last. And the last part, he says nothing, but the very last part, he just says to them, you want to know eschatology about the end times? You know what's important? Just remember Lot's wife. Okay. Wait a minute. Remember Lot's wife. And uh, so I just had a couple things down here. I started thinking about that, and I thought, what was it about Lot's wife that Jesus was saying about that has compatible to the end times and the, the days we're living in? And a couple things. Yeah. You, you know the story. Yep. You guys know the story yep. of Genesis where, where, <clears throat> where um, Lot and um, his wife were living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. They would separated from Abram, Abraham. And uh, they were living there, and there was a destruction coming so to, to that uh, uh, that city that, again, Abraham had bartered uh, with God on and wasn't able to bring it to pass. Uh, but so angels were sent to, to, um, to, make them tra- to make that transition. Right. So there was an epic transition about to happen in the Old Testament like never before, and I believe there's an epic transition about to take place. And we're in the process of taking place in the world, the earth, the church, everything we know from political to, 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 to Christianity, to Judaism, to, to people, to uh, uh, the marketplace, to, you know, to weather. To, there's nothing ever going to be ever the same again in a pretty short time. So remember Lot's wife. So here's a couple things that take away from me about her. And the angels came. Remember the angels said in Genesis that... Um, that um, <clears throat> That when she came, she didn't even, she, she didn't even know they were angels, yeah. but it was Lot that took them in and, and washed their feet, etc. And uh, and uh, actually, Hebrews said we've entertained angels unaware many yeah. times, and so there was a visitation coming. Why would Jesus say remembers Lot's wife? She didn't know how to host a visitation. She didn't know how to host a divine. She couldn't even recognize there was a shift coming forever in her life, and and she was married to Lot, who was Abraham's you know a kinfolk. I mean, she was on the inside of the spiritual family. You would have think should have that kind of knowledge. You would think that that the church today and people would would know that that uh, know how to host a divine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, how much of angelic activity? How much of visitation from God? Um, uh, are we able to contain or even see, even host, when we don't even know it's that? Mm. And again, flipping back to what Revelation says, uh, 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock and mm. you know, return to your first love, et cetera. So all to say this on that, you'll never find God in, in your place of comfortability. You'll never find the next season comfortable in the last season. She couldn't see the next season. There's just no way. She was living in the eschatology that she knew. That's all that she knew to the point she couldn't even recognize an angel when it come to take her out to the next place, her transition. So mm. that's one. Two, which I think is very important. Now, she was transition challenged. Yep. I have never seen, uh, let me put it, she was allergic to change. I have never seen a, uh, in my lifetime, at least, uh, people that are so allergic to change. You know, I think the younger generation are more open to change. I'm talking yeah. about the older church yep. and the, the older uh, generation. Uh, and because we live in, you know, like 
God never changes. Well, God doesn't change, but you better. Right. <laughs> God never changes. Can, can I, I know you're on a roll, but no. why do you think they're so allergic to change? So allergic to change because we're steeped in, uh, uh, I think we're steeped in getting it done, getting it right. And there's yeah. this box, you know, uh, there's this theological box experience box that we keep God in. I'll get to that in a second. Yep. I think we're, I think we're more concerned with having a revival than the Renaissance, Ooh. which is a complete change of everything. Mm-hmm. And we're stuck in revival mode of repeating the past. Nothing wrong with that and redoing the past right. when God's calling us to a new season of Renaissance that has never, ever existed because he is a God, according to Paul, that says that he's, he, he takes us from glory to glory to glory, mm-hmm. even as he changes us, not by doing the same thing over and over, but changes us from 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 risky steps of glory to glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So there's yeah. a trajectory of glory and a trajectory of seasons in our life that I think we're standing at the door of right now. And she was not able to know that. I, I hope we're able to see that, that we know how to entertain the, the, the host, the, the Spirit of God, yeah. Like, okay, God, I don't get it, but what is it? I don't see what you're talking. She couldn't even see what was happening. And uh, she was a part of that wonderful, you know, patriarch family. Uh, so she was transition challenged. Uh, her, I say her comfort of where she was at was greater than her curiosity where God wanted to take her. Her comfort you, is, uh, your com- if your comfort is greater than your curiosity, if your comfort of for yeah. today yeah. is greater than your curiosity that God wants to bring you to tomorrow, you will get stuck in the past. Because listen, I would say, well, God, for, well, no, everything about God is linear. He, first of all, he is light. Yep. He travels at 186,000 miles per second. Light travels. Light is not like light is not static. Light travels. And so we're waiting. I, I never forget. We're waiting on God when he's traveling at 186,000 miles per second, we need to hurry. Right. We really do need to hurry to catch up with him. So, and, and, and so in, in her, in her hesitation, she missed the next visitation. Yeah. And I think, and we have to, are thinking that, that uh, we have to be curious enough to do that, have to be curious enough to change and just got, we're stuck. We're stuck. Mm. You know, I say we, I don't, I mean, the, the typical church, you know, like it's been for, you know, uh, the, the status quo. Uh, she, she, we've been so familiar with the past, it's difficult to embrace the future because it's unknown. And um, that's what God does for a living is yeah. take us to the unknown, yep. to the unknown, to the unknown. She was called to be a part of the, of the next move, you know, of God, uh, but became a memorial to the past move right. of God. Not working. That just, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a part of that. Just a, couple uh, more things about that um gosh larry take your time she had no idea that her season had changed this year the season changed globally this year i'm I'm not talking about just what just happened now before that happened the lord was showing me that this is the end of a season and there's a change that's epic and um, when you and say we, change, talk, talk to me. About I'm this. talking about a destiny change to shift. The world, change I'm talking about every, change I'm, everything, everything we know. A destiny shift, a, a, a gift shift, a, a, an encounter with God shift, a political shift, a financial shift, a, a, a global shift. There, there's nothing uh, that is going to remain as it was or as it is, or my opinion. Actually, Ecclesiastes says there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. 
So God was linear in his talk about seasons. Now, he's the guy. He, we, we certainly see God as a miracle worker. He does one thing as a miracle. He's a farmer. Mm. Farmers have seasons. Yep. Everything's a season. And so from season to season, are the product of divine intention, according to uh, Ecclesiastes. And uh, I, I've often said you're, you're, the next God season uh, comes packaged with, with promise of a change. Mm. So seasons mean change. And that's one of the things that's hard for humans is to change, or at least it has been for me. Yeah. So um, um, uh, I don't want to say something. I just want to end with just a couple of things here. I, it's all, we don't have to make the season shift today because you swim in the season you're in until the new season comes. You know, grow where you're planted. You know, right, right, right. All that. That's uh, that's fine. Uh, but but here's where we're at. We're we're in a terrible mess in the sense of. We're, the, we're in the in-between space. We're in the twilight zone spiritually, globally. We're in a place like, what do we do next? What do we do next? We're in a season shift between fall and winter or, or winter and spring, whatever season shift that we're in. Uh, we're in that season shift, and we don't recognize that the season in front of us is greater um, than the storm around us. The season in front of us is greater than the storm that is around us. And we somehow have to believe that the next season comes packaged with a destiny that will blow our minds, that's mm. going to blow our minds. But it's hard if you have lots eschatology to let go of what you've known as God, not about the fundamentals of God, but what you've known as the expressions and the yep. and God and ministry and, yep. and life and that sort of thing. And so uh, you, I'll end with this. You've heard me say this, I know before, but yeah. more and more it's becoming real to me, maybe not theologically correct or preaching correct in some sense, but Somehow the Lord formed in me in the last 20 years. Uh, I've made people mad with this because they've not understood what I mean by that. Yep. But if if I have another revival, I'm leaving. I don't want another revival. Uh, in other words, in, in this context, I don't want a revival. I don't believe God is going to do a revival again. I believe that we're ready for a renaissance of yeah. change, something that has never, ever lived, a, lived before, a season that has never been experienced ever before because the word renaissance is a French, French word meaning birth or rebirth or new birth. Yeah. And so one is a, um, uh, how do I say, it? revival. Oh, gosh, I'm so in trouble when I say this, but I'm going to say this. You get in trouble. Re- revival, I like revival yeah. when it's in a setting. Yeah. But but too many, or in my opinion, too many of us, including me in the past, have tried to go back and resurrect something that used to live in another season, and we want to live yes. in someone else's revival or someone else's yeah. anointing. I don't want Billy Graham's anointing. Right. I, I, I don't want Catherine. I think it's amazing. That was for a historical setting. Yeah. I don't want to go back to William. I want my, I, I want my season. It speaks to your copy thing earlier on, right? You want what what I, your I expression want, is. I want what God is placing yeah. us for this, yeah. you know, for... Uh, for, for this season. Uh, so to so so to go back, uh, so revival, gosh, how's it? revival is resurrecting and redoing something that's already done, and that's out of character with God's personality and nature. He's a God that never repeats himself. He doesn't duplicate. He's a genius. Geniuses don't do that. Mm-hmm. Every day he wakes up and it's a new thing, and it, the universe is expanding at the yeah. speed of light because his voice said, let their light be. And it was, everything is linear in God's yeah. world except us. <laughs> we're always trying to get back to the future. Yeah. You know, we're trying to get back to revival. Nothing wrong. There's good. We learn from revivals, but we don't repeat them. And so uh, so in that, in, in, in that sense, I've been believing God for 
not another God. I don't want another Jesus movement. I think it's wonderful. I don't want another, you know, uh, Azusa Street. I think that was wonderful. I don't need to go to William Brown's grave, you know, and and pray pray for his anointing. I want my anointing. Yes. I want I want the season that I'm living in. So what is that? Then it's Renaissance, which happened in the 14th, 15th, 16th century uh, uh, in in middle middle uh, Europe. Yeah. And and I know that you know that in history that the same in the parallel trick that the Renaissance came when all the great great uh, polymaths you know mm-hmm. come from Einstein and all not Einstein but some of the earlier ones that came out of that on that same uh, never been before birthing rebirth of a renaissance movement that was different than all of the revivals and all of the history of the past came it was on a parallel track with a black plague okay. the worst of times and the best of times happened in 200 years with a black plague and the renaissance movement mm. we're standing kind of at a black plague we don't need another redo are you speaking about covid or are you speaking no, about, didn't think about something that. else to come? i didn't think about that okay yeah but, but no, I'm just I just want to clarify. No, no, I wasn't thinking about COVID. Who knows? Okay. At peace, but it was much worse than COVID. I mean, yeah, millions yeah, yeah. and millions and the millions. The Black Plague was The Black Plague horrific. was, there was no, nothing, nothing, nobody could do about that other yeah. than God sent a Renaissance movement. And there were medics, I mean, uh, medicine men and doctors raised mm-hmm. up to fight yeah. a lot of diseases and get them through that and et yeah. cetera. So uh, to end by saying, to end by saying uh, that, uh, uh, wouldn't it be fitting if, if, if for God to do something that he said he would do in Isaiah 43? Behold, I shall do a new thing. Mm. The word there, new, means fresh. I shall do a fresh thing, and suddenly, suddenly mm-hmm. shall it spring forth. Shall you not know it? So I live in that space. I love, I appreciate all the revival, all the gifts, all the men and women of God. I don't want another revival. I do right. not want to redo the past. Yeah. I want to recreate or create the future. You know, I don't want to be, in other words, ah, that revival, if you're not careful, is a museum mentality. Yeah. Because it's revival, it's like walking into a museum of fact, uh, wax figurines and looking at things that used to live. Right, right, right. don't live anymore. Right. And it's like, ooh, and Galvram, well, you can't do that anymore. That's that's looking back. Yeah. Lot's wife looked back. And when she looked back, remember it says that, uh, uh, remember Lot's wife, she looked back, she turned into a pillar, she became she lost her. She became static. She lost her foreign motion when she looked back. We wow. can't look back. I don't think God wants us to look. He wants us to draw from the well of all of those revivals and all those giftings, all those wonderful. History is amazing. It is. But God's the God of the future as well. Yeah. So maybe I'm a, a crazy romantic. I don't know. <laughs> and stupid in some ways. But if I... If we redo something again and go back to where we've been and go yeah. like, oh, my God, we're having the Jesus movement again. Oh, my God, we're having the yeah. anointing in this level again. I'm done. I don't right. want to do that. Right. I think it's great, but it belongs back there. Right. I want something. We want something, I think, that has never lived before. We want a birth, a, re, a new birth that has never, ever lived before that will shift cultures, that will shift destinies, that will shift everything. Uh, otherwise, I'm bored. I'm so I'm just bored. Come on. I don't want to do that other stuff anymore. So what do we do? Yep. Remember Lot's wife. You know, we, we have to you can't you can't drive forward looking in the rearview mirror of life. You can't drive forward to your destination. Lot got there, she did not because she kept looking back to the comfort that she was in. Her curiosity was not compatible with where God was taking her. Hmm. So I've been praying for me and for and for church. God you don't arouse, need this anymore, do you? No, no, just, arouse, I'll just take this. Yes, arouse our curiosity to a level 
that were not satisfied with anything other than something so extraordinarily unique in God that will that will take this planet to a place that has never been before. Um, I said, that's who he is. He's a linear God. The universe is linear. It's like the only people that are stuck in a box is the church. Yeah, pretty much. You know, same thing over and over and over. And I mean, I mean, the global body of Christ redoing, getting back, getting back to the first century, yeah. getting back to whatever, uh, new things. Hmm. So, I'm out of breath. I'm, I'm sure out of no, uh, like, brain. Let's do because it because my mind is cooked. Yep. In the best way. I got so much going on in my mind that I want to ask you, but but we will leave it for another time. That's that. Um, Larry, another Starbucks. No. No, I've had enough. You don't do Starbucks. You do Chick Fil A. I just do whatever is yeah. in front. Listen, I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll do some instant coffee. I don't. I'll care. I'm anything. not a snob. Can I ask you one one favor? Something yes. something sparked inside of me as you were talking about the next generation. By the way, I'm going to chew on this. Yeah. Can't. I've heard you. Oh touch yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Don't hear me touch it. Sorry. Don't I don't mean, don't. Uh, no, you need that. Oh, still. that's a cardinal sin, isn't it? It is to move the microphone. Yeah. I knew that. I'm not going to heaven. Man, I'm I need to chew on this. Okay. This is really really good. She looked behind. She longed for what she what she departed from. Yeah. Yeah, and at the same time we're saying change me, Lord. You know, change me and make me into your image and he's God, he's light. Mm-hmm. He's going from glory to glory to glory. We're being transformed. Paul said we're transformed into his image from glory to glory. It's yeah. a linear trajectory. That never stops. In a million years from now, we'll still be doing that with God. Mm. Like, I think I can do that. Come on. I don't want to get stuck in the same old, same old, same old. I love it. Yeah. Um, as you were talking about the next generation. Yes. The I'm younger sorry. generation. Yes. Um, as we close, mm-hmm. I want to know if you could pray for them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm in my 40s. Yeah, so I'm probably not a part of that generation. But I do have one guy here. His name's Dylan. He's been traveling with me. Uh-huh. He has an amazing prophetic gift. Can I substitute Dylan? Sure. Could you pray for everybody? You can. He is this next. I actually believe that he's one of the next. Yeah. Um, Joseph's. Joseph's. This is a Joseph's. Gener- this this yep. is a jo- all, we, This is a three three generational space we're living in. Mm-hmm. Most of us have kids, yep. parents, and grandparents. We're yep. living in a three generational space. Yeah. And, and it, all of them have some measure of a Joseph, yeah. Joseph anointing. And I also had my son Josh here, but he left, who you've prayed for before. Yes. And he loves you yes. massively. Yeah. It, Larry gave him a guitar, and it has changed yeah. his life. You didn't just give him a guitar. You gave him an incredible guitar. Yeah. You let him come and handpick one of your yeah. masterpieces. Yeah, because I'm a legend in my own mind. Well, you're a legend in, no, in mean, my mind. Musically, I'm talking about. But you, well, musically, yeah. uh, I, you're actually an incredible musician. But you practice everything that you preached, and what people people can sit here and they can listen to a message. But I know the Larry behind the scenes, and uh, you're one of the kindest, most welcoming, giving people I've ever met. You Thank supported you. my wife and I when we were going through cancer the first time. You supported us as we went through it the second time you would call i'll never forget we're leaving the hospital it was the day we we she she, it was the day she checked out of being in the hospital for 21 days Hmm. and you called 
and gave her a word. You said, I was up all night praying for you. And you don't check. I don't, I don't remember. You don't that. check the internet. You don't check no. Instagram. And uh, so you didn't even know that she mm. was exiting that, that day. And, and you gave her a word about ascending a ladder. Mm. And uh, the, the impact that you have had on my life, I am forever grateful. And I love you. Same with you. And I need you. Thank you, Larry. Yes. I, I, that means the world, man. Yeah. But the impact that you've had on my life uh, has, has, yeah, forever changed me. And I need you to, to be around for another 20 years. I'll try. You were talking about the 20. You're like maybe 10, maybe 15. No, I need you at least another 20. Yeah. And uh, because we need you. Uh, I need you. The, the Joseph generation needs you. Forget all the older ones, uh, but we need you. We need yeah. we need seasoned, prophetic voices that love the word, and that have walked it, that have been there, done it, bought the ticket, been to done it all, and to come out with character, with uh, generosity, with humility, and with a message of love. Is I think I think your message is more timely now than it's ever been. Thank you. Um, I think I'll go to heaven. Listen, it's not know. my choice, but I, 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 I bet everything I got, you're going to be somewhere. Yeah, be there. Uh, so can, can, can you pray I for would. this Joseph generation? I'm going to substitute myself so you can actually see a little bit of the next generation as you pray. Is that okay? Absolutely. Dylan, get on in here. Joseph was uh, 33, two, three when he was in the prison, right? He was 30. I think he was 30. 30, 30 in the prison? 30-ish. Yeah, you're right. How old are you, years. Dylan? 30. Uh, did you just say that? So it would no, no, align, no. align <laughs> for the moment. He but he was yeah. in the 30s. Jesus yeah. was 30. And then he, and of course, he turned all the way up to his 40s and then he, yeah. he from Manasseh. And, and, uh, so I want to stick one in front of you. But if you're watching this and you, and this has blessed you, I want you to pray uh, with Larry. I want you to receive because it's very rare. Uh, man, I've, I've never shared this, but when I first came out and visited Tennessee on a trip, I was speaking at your church at the end, and you brought me into your house and gave me a father's blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you guys who are watching, you get an opportunity to receive something right now. So I want you to close your eyes, put your hand over your heart, do whatever, but we want to pray for you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scoot out of the way. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Father, generations come, generations go. Men rise to fame and power, and men are put low. Things come to pass, things stay. It's hard, sometimes it's wonderful. But in all this, according to Ecclesiastes, you made it, and you made a season for everything. One day, a caterpillar, the next day, a butterfly with hope to pollinate. And Lord, this cocoon that we're in, and these, this next generation, this cocoon of life, like the cocoon between a caterpillar and the darkness of the cocoon, without the reality that there is a flight about to take place to pollinate the earth, to change things. This Joseph generation, in my opinion, Lord, and what I see and I think what you place in my heart, is that caterpillar in the cocoon. It is no more just a fuzzy worm, but it is the beauty 
of a caterpillar, the flight of life to change things. And Lord, as I pray for this next generation in the cocoon of transition that they are in, in the cocoon of life and the hurt and the darkness, and sometimes thinking, am I ever going to get out of this cocoon? Am I ever going to have purpose in life? Am I ever going to transition? Is anything that I've ever hoped for going to come to pass? And Lord, I pray that you would put in their heart the understanding of the DNA of a caterpillar that whether or not anybody likes it or thinks it, the matter of fact is seasons expire and come to pass and that caterpillar and that cocoon becomes a birthing place for a butterfly. What's a caterpillar today? A butterfly. And Lord, in a sense, this next generation, without being uh, wordless, I don't know what to say other than I just saw like billions or millions of uh, butterflies pollinating, taking flight, the beauty of flight in this next time with a Joseph anointing that is releasing um, into the earth things that grow and things that uh, replicate the kingdom of God and things that are destined to happen in this earth. May a global shift, may a shift in the atmosphere, may a shift in every area that we know come as it always has in your and your plan throughout the Bible by the next generation. May the next generation make up for the loss of the, pre- the generation before. And these Joseph and this Joseph's generation, Lord, would you anoint them with a prophetic gift? Would you anoint them with a prophetic anointing, with a destiny to arise to the thrones of this world and to the places of Egypt and to the thrones and, and, and give them wisdom, as it were, of what to do and how to do and give them favor in Egypt to change the trajectory of all that we know and to change the very complexity of the world and to save the world from the hunger and the famine that the Pharaoh and Egypt were about to experience and also the house of Joseph who was estranged from, who had rejected him. His brothers had sold him into slavery. Even those who hated them, even those who rejected him, he lived for a better day for everyone, for not just himself and not just uh, others, but for his brothers and for those that have not believed in him. May this generation, may this Joseph generation rise up with no offenses, no offenses and no regrets about the past and said, as the scripture says, it might have been meant for evil, all that you have been through, all of you Josephs out that have been through loneliness and heartbreak and struggles in your life and things you can't even speak or utter. May it be that it was meant for evil, but God will use it for good. And all that the enemy has thrown at you, God is weaving a web of success and to rise to the very pinnacle, to the very top, to the very to very uh, secret place places of this nation and this world and this generation and this season that we're in to not hurt, but to help and to advance the kingdom of God so that one day all the voices can say the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of the Lord and his Christ. Lord, thank you for patience again for the Joseph generation to know that today a butler and a baker, tomorrow a Pharaoh, Lord, let them ascend unto their destiny. Give them hope. Give them hope as you did with Joseph, that in their faithfulness to be where you place them, there is transition. And let them understand and know that you are the God of remembrance, and it was that you made someone remember Joseph. And Lord, put remembrance in people's hearts that will remember that this generation is destined to ascend. We bless them, and we thank you, and I give them a Father's blessing. May you bless 
coming in. May you be blessed going out. May you be blessed in everything you do. May your hands be blessed. May your heart be blessed. May your life be blessed. May you be free from self-examination to the point of hurt. May you be free from self-loathing. May you be free from the mistakes and failures of the past. May you be free from all the voices of accusation. And may you know the love of a father who in all that's happened to his children still yet says, this is my beloved son, This is my beloved daughter, and I am well pleased. Lord, I thank you for that heart that you have for this generation and that you would expedite this process in the days and the months and the years to come so that we can truly say, and they can truly say, we were the tipping point for our renaissance and the whole earth, for a move of God, something fresh, a birthing of the Spirit of God that has never been seen before. And it will be said, it is a new heaven's. And it is a new earth with a new destiny and a new vision. Thank you, Lord. You're never, ever, ever without a generation. You've never been caught without a generation to change things. Thank you for this generation. We appreciate and we thank you, Lord, for them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, listen, we want you to like and send all the things. Send this out. We're at the end of our memory cards. I love you guys. Hey, Share hey. this. Yep. We got like a minute before our memory cards are out. Go for oh it. God, the, close the close the, us. <laughs> the breast book is my last one, the original breath. It's about being authentic and, and it's about being true and authentic to who you are. So original breath. Original breath. Yeah. Guys, go go check it out on Amazon. We love you guys. We love you, Larry. Thank you. And we're gonna get you back. Good. Bless you guys. Larry, that was amazing.